What's up, guys? Welcome to the first ever episode 204 of the Kind of Funny Games cast. As always, I'm Tim Gettys, joined by the Reverend Jared Petty. When the Greggies away, the part-timers can play. Oh That's God. right. There we oh, are. There you go. The hair. Fran Mirabella. The hey, third. best friends. What's I up? I love this. I love this so much. And joining us for her first time in a very long time on the Kind of Funny Games cast, the busiest lady in the business, Andrea Renee. Yay! Hello, gentlemen. We're going to have a good show today. I can feel it in my bones. <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, that pre-show, riveting content. Yes. If you want to hear Fran talk about true motion... That's where you want to be. And if you want to hear us bitch Streaming about tech. USB cables. There's a lot of USB talks. Why do they call it universal if it ain't universal? All I'm saying. Witta needed fun. to be here for that. Uh, yeah, exactly. That, that sounds like a Gary Witta ass thing. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, there's a whole bunch of new stuff going on here with Kind of Funny Games cast. If you go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games at the silver level, you get to watch the show live with us. You get to watch the show three days early. It's great. You get a whole bunch of other shows, including party mode and a bunch of other content that we're doing. Uh, and you get to watch Kind of Funny Games daily, ad free, be a part of that show. Ton of different stuff. All for the entire month of January, we are crowdfunding from you guys on both our Patreons, patreon.com slash kindoffunny and patreon.com slash games. Every new dollar we get from any new patron or existing patron upgrading will go towards us funding the content for the first half of 2019 and a world tour that we are doing. We are on our way to hidden that London goal. It oh. is very surprising. Thank you guys <laughs> so much for all your support. I'm getting a little scared of how much stuff we're gonna have to do this year, but guess what? We're gonna do it, we're gonna nail it. I'm gonna feel really good about it. Uh, because of all that, we now have a new permanent fourth chair. Yes. Fran Mirabella on a the new show. new chair. Greg is off shooting some secret stuff. He'll be back. He'll Even be back. I don't know what he's doing. I didn't yeah. ask him, but yeah. To be clear, when I say Someone's off doing secret stuff. Mm -hmm. It's never means no one knows what he's true. doing. I killed him and he's in the trunk of my car. He might be in Jared's oh, car. Who knows? He's really just taking a couple days off and he's yeah. using work as an excuse. Is that it? Honest. Okay. Might be. Nothing wrong with that. We don't know. We don't know. You should tweet at Game Over Greggy and let him know what you think he's doing. Um, <laughs> and we can go. We can go. Take some there. guesses. Uh, but this is the Kind of Funny Games cast each and every week right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and podcast services around the globe. You just got to search for Kind of Funny Games cast. We talk about video games, all the things we love about them, what we've been playing. We have a big topic that we talk about. Today's topic I'm very excited for. Um, but before we get to that, let's just start right off. What we've been playing. Andrea, I want to start with you. Oh, okay. Well, I have been spending most of my time over the last couple of days finally finishing Red Dead Redemption 2. So you rolled the credits. I rolled credits. I know some people don't like that phrase. I'm not quite sure why, but um, after really? two... Yeah, I don't, I don't know. How could you not like... I, it's a good phrase. Yeah, I people thought People just so hate too. everything these days. It's true. Mm. Everyone has a gripe to That's pick about something. That's a real thing. Yeah, it's a real thing. I like it. I feel like it's it's very uh, like self-explanatory, but also it's, it's such a indicator of where video games are at these days, where beating the game doesn't really makes sense anymore. Rolling mm -hmm. credits is like, oh, that's a good level indicator of how far you actually are in the game because right. so many video games these days, the end game, the post game is like more content than the actual yeah. game. Yeah, I, I think it has its birth in RPGs where if you if you waited to finish everything there was to do in an RPG, you would never ever see the credits. Yeah. So they put, would put those in ahead and gradually these games grew more complex yeah. and more service oriented that spread I to others. I would say roll credits even if there were no credits, like if it was the end. You know? mm -hmm. It's just yeah. a phrase. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so my reason for kind of pushing through the story to the end because um, on What's Good, we've talked several times about how if you want to experience a lot of the open world, and Jared, I think you and I talked about this on Red Dead Radio when mm -hmm. I was on, um, that you should probably stop around chapter three or four and just go out into the world and explore and take your time because once you hit 
those later chapters, some fundamental things change. And I think it's not as fun to do those things because the pressure of the story is now mounted and you don't feel as relaxed in doing those open world you mean things. when you're in chapter three? No, when you get later oh, into sure. the story. It definitely changes the atmosphere of the game in a, in a very intrinsic way. I'll agree with you there. So yeah. if you're just wanting to wander, you're certainly welcome to wander after, but the sense with which you will wander the world will feel decidedly different right. at that point. And likewise, you can wander in the epilogue, but again, that's a very different experience. Right, and just for for everyone's um, knowledge, we are not gonna be spoiling what happens in the end of the game or what happens in the epilogue. We are actually doing a spoiler cast on What's Good Games this week. Um, so if you guys want to hear that and you have played and finished the game, please come check that out. But don't worry, we won't spoil it for you here. Fran, last week uh, I was asking you what you've been playing and you were saying that you were like coming up towards the end of Red Dead, but we didn't talk about it that week. What, what's your progress on it now? <laughs> I'm dying. I'm screaming internally because I said I was going to finish this thing. It's the biggest slog in Thank gaming. That's exactly in, the word I used. In slogging so long. Yes. Through. Oh, it's crazy. I was talking to Gary Witt. He said the same thing. And I was like, that's the word I've been using because it is on the money. But I'm at the end of the end of the end. You know where I'm at. You think you are. I think I'm, but that's, and here's the, no, it's legit beer. And I feel like it's a whole nother discussion. How many time. houses have you built at this point? <laughs> oh my God, Fe no, no, houses. I mean, fences, anyway. Oh no, you haven't, oh Jared, he doesn't even know. It's what, that's what, I'm on a that part two of, of uh, that end. Yeah. Um, in any event, Tim, going back to what you said, so it's really has been a true plague on me that I'm like, I'm going to finish this, but I want to play these other games. I got my Destiny grind. I do actually play Fortnite, like we talked about. And so I, I'm really stretching myself thin, but I went back. I'm like, I'm going to get it done tonight. I got eight hours, you know, and I still couldn't do it. No, dude, it's long. And but that's I'm the thing that I'm frustrated with is that I, you know, have talked at length about how it's clear this game is designed for people who want to take their time with it. That's obvious. And I am pressing my way through because the other girls have finished it and I have to be able to talk yeah. about the end. But I got to what I thought was the end and was a really like nice fitting climactic end. And then it was like, oh man, oh wait, there's more. And it wasn't just like a little bit extra because epilogues, you know, are a pretty common thing yeah. across yeah. all different types of media. But this epilogue Dude. is ridiculously long. And the thing about it that upsets me the most is that there's the most mundane bullshit they make you do in the epilogue. Yeah. Like literal Closing the loose. of shit in the epilogue. I'm yeah. not even kidding. You, Kevin, did you beat the game? I did not. That is the discussion that I want to have at some point is the gameplay design discussion. Mm -hmm. You know, there's story and there's gameplay design and what they do mm -hmm. in the beginning of that epi uh, epilogue, the mundane stuff you're talking about, I was just like. Why? But yeah, like I, I want <laughs> I want the roll credits before that. Yeah. I would feel better if they just rolled credits and said, mm -hmm. you know what, don't expect more. But there is more and they, they the pacing in games is so important to me. Listen, man, um, there's shit out there and it needs to get shoveled. All right? <laughs> it's true. That's, that's, yeah. that's true, all I, I can say yeah, You literally that. do, yeah. Uh, but dude, the gameplay design in that is just vexing. It's not for everybody. Um, and I, I quite honestly, I think Rockstar is in a bit of their own bubble in the way that they did things. But it's a longer, much longer discussion. Sure, I, I will say, playing as much as I have over the last several days, probably 25 plus hours worth, um, 
it is the best horse riding simulator I've played in a while. In a, <laughs> well, in a while. Yeah. In a while. If, if you're being serious, <laughs> though, Andrea. Is it the funnest, Andrea? No. Assassin's Creed Odyssey is, is by better, far right? more fun. Yeah. I love the horses better. But um, but realistic horse riding? Man, they you really nailed it. There are some realistic That's, horse riding. That it's like the Gran Turismo of horses. Do you sure. like the game? Uh, yes, I Listen do. Listen to your it, review, it, though. It, do you made, see the problem with this? No, but like, here's the thing: is that, um, and I said this when it first came out, when we first did our initial like review in progress, that this is one of the most conflicted games I've played, or it makes me feel conflicted because mm -hmm. there's so much about it that I think is so amazing. Yes. And Jared and I talked about this at mm -hmm. length in my episode. But there's also these things that I'm like, but why did you make this choice? And I think that's why you know we're seeing kind of a split decision. Mm -hmm. But my experience as somebody who critiques games has shown me that. Even though there's things about that game that are pain points for me personally, the good parts I can see through. Like, oh, yeah. the bad parts don't outshine the good parts of that game. I, that game is more good than it is bad. A game, in my opinion, it puts you through trials due to the gameplay design to feel some of the reward. Yeah. And I would put it, it's a weird way to put it, it's the smell of the game. If you could take it in and actually <laughs> breathe it in. Um, yeah. That is what makes it very special, but it's a really weird thing to say because, and it's that's yeah, why it I, is. I just flashed to like Bobby Hill smelling his <laughs> alarm clock and then smelling because there yeah, is that's... no smell like it yeah. right now in gaming, in my personal opinion. What they have mm. achieved is incredible, but then I feel punished at these times <laughs> where I'm just like, to be like, I, this is not a spoiler in any way. I go, I think I talked about it in the last episode. I'm like, you're really gonna make me follow you around on my horse while you pick herbs, dude. Like, literally, <laughs> that is it for like 10 minutes. And it's more about the the smell, I think. So, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I'd really, I'd, I'd loved it. Now that we're a little out, that there's a little distance from the hype that most people have finished it. We did a spoiler cast over in Red Dead Radio. I'd love to have the two of you on for like a Red Dead well, Revisited. Well, if I ever finish it, Jared, I, I, I would, would love to. Red fun. Dead Revisited. Baby. Yeah, I'd Let's like go. to. I'd like oh, to do I'm that. I'd like to go that. back I'm, and. I'm down. because let me tell you, I doubt I'm going back. Yeah. I think now that the credits have gone, by the way, those are some long ass credits. <laughs> those credits are amazing. I mean, How they're they great. Smell, they, 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 they put <laughs> they some smell. artwork in that's really beautiful and really poignant. And like, I would encourage everybody to watch the credits all the way through. They go full Ferris Bueller, which I totally did not expect. <laughs> I love that. Like, I'm not quite. Or not, no, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I was High. like, Pardon I'm not me. getting that. Not Ferris Bueller. <laughs> Fast, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. They, they go. Arthur there. comes out yeah. at the end in a bathrobe. Yeah. No, no, it's not. <laughs> I, yeah, that I said it to Jared. I don't think I said it on the show, but I said it would be so awesome. So I'm glad to get it out there. If in the game, what they actually did is that as you think you approach the end, yeah. Dutch just keeps saying, "Have some faith. I have one more mission," and he sends you out, and it becomes the online game. Mm -hmm. And he just keeps giving you missions, and you realize mm. there's no actual end. Yeah, and that is well, almost there, how that game feels. Sometimes. There was a very, very good-natured poke during the kind of funny uh, fundraiser last week when you guys uh, managed to plan out the next year and, uh -huh. and lay this wonderful groundwork for everything you're doing. But somebody had taken all of y'all and photoshopped Dutch into all your heads, yeah. and they just said, "Just one more score." Yeah, come oh, on, I saw that. it was adorable. That was, that was really funny. Go, but baby. it was very sweetly done. Andy hopped in and was like, "This is hilarious." So it, was, yeah. it was really cute. Next up, Destiny Two. What's wow, going on? We did it. I mean, you picked the right we, week to, to talk about Destiny 2. Um, People I, were asking. Yeah, so I jumped back into Destiny in a really big way during uh, the dawning, which is the holiday festival that happens in December. Um, I didn't quite bake all the simulator. cookies. Yeah, yes. I was supposed to bake. You so cookies. They brought mm. back Ava Levante, who's been a longtime Destiny character that we haven't seen she makes uh, for threads. a while. <laughs> exactly. So she was one of the customization characters in the tower previously. 
And so she comes back and you have to like build this little oven and then you have to go and collect different items to make cookies with. And there's like Put 12 different cookie recipes, I think. Felt like there was a secret 13th, but yes. Yes, there is. The baker's dozen. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, ah. <laughs> just figured that out. Well, the the secret it. one is like no, a, is like a no recipe one where you have to like yeah. screw up a recipe. Oh, wow. Um, and then um, once you have master worked your oven, you bake a bunch of cookies and go deliver them to different quest givers around the world. you all your friends in right. the game who give you quests. Now you give them cookies Friends back. in air quotes. And that you do get rewards for it. You get power level and other. So there was a you reason. You get enhancement cores, which are really important to upgrading your gear. And if you're like me and you're constantly infusing things because you hate the way your hunter always looks, why is the hunter always ugly? I don't understand. Wait, no, 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 not at all. Well, you the always, Titan's always ugly. No, listen, there's like two armor sets for the hunter that are good. The rest of them are trash fires. Before, Disagree. Before you clearly <laughs> made a warlock. Don't before you, we move on to hunter aesthetics, yeah. was going and getting cookies for your friends and baking them, and was it fun? Well, the gameplay is always fun. That's the well. that's the loop about Destiny that keeps people yeah. like Fran yeah, and I coming back. That's a free release right there, by the way. The dawning. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Free content if so you buy it. So just running around and shooting Destiny things too. so you can make your cookies. Like that was the fun part. Right. So going out and playing missions or strikes or playing in the Crucible earns you dawning essence, earns you different ingredients, and then mm -hmm. you take all of those items that you've earned and then you can craft different cookies and mm -hmm. then the cookies you go and deliver and get rewards for. Okay. So you are earning rewards constantly throughout the open world, well, I air quotes, open world, the persistent world, wherever mm -hmm. instance you are in, um, to kind of further along your progression loot. And that's really core destiny, is like go out, do a mission, earn rewards, train the, trade those things in, get some gear, right? right. Like it, that's the loop. But yeah. it wasn't just, yeah, maybe to bring that full circle, it wasn't really new gameplay content. Um, it was, I mean, it was in the sense you could bake these cookies, but you went back to the same places. What you were trying to get, Correct. I'm probably forgetting something, was basically, especially there was a machine gun that you wanted and you could keep re-rolling it by turning these things in. Um, and obviously your sets of the way you look, which is really important mm -hmm. in Destiny. You're like, yo, look at me, I got this set of the armor because is. once it's gone, it's gone. gone. And that's what people play for is this limited time vanity, uh, like emblems. And But other than that, I don't recall there being anything gameplay wise that you guys would be like, oh, that was a cool addition. Well, Cause it's not that, it's like, it, it's one of those seasonal events, truly yeah. seasonal, it's winter. Mm -hmm. They decorate the tower and the Christmas lights basically, mm -hmm. and there's snow falling, so it's pretty cool. Um, in the same way that Fortnite added snow and had some events in Fortnite, so. The real, so. the real uh, motivator to get in is not just the dining, but really uh, the black armory, which is the, the separate, new, right? It happened different. The same so time. that's okay. paid DLC that you have to, you know, fork over money to get into. Whereas the dining was free for anybody who bought base Destiny too. And so all of the people in the What's Good Guardians clan were have bought the season pass and yeah, all of season the season pass, not DLC, right? Because they're worried about the expansions. That yeah, that. it's it's mm. very confusing right, it's right now. Um, and so. You, there's a lot of overlap on the rewards there. And so I was trying to power level to light level 600 because I fell really far behind playing everything through end of September, October, November. Now here comes the new DLC and I'm like light level 530 or something. Oh. So um, thankfully um, Bungie was like, yo, there's gonna be a bunch of people who are probably joining because this new, the dawning is here for free for people in base Destiny 2. We wanna encourage them to want to buy into the DLC, how do we do that? Let's let everybody power level. Yeah. So they had a prime attunement, so these things called prime <laughs> engrams were supposed to be dropping more. But Fran, would you- You're go, not finding that? So, no. Because that's and if would you're you under 600, it? which you are. I, I'm not. Yeah, so I, I just broke 603 last yeah. week, but 
my persistent problem, and the, the my clanmates have told me that I Power should talk hour. to Bungie about it, is not that is that I've gotten one exotic Forsaken drop since oh, September. Oh, that's totally normal. One? Yep. Out of 15? It is so rare. You are suffocated to want just one more real, so true, angry new, about it. exotic. But people are torn on that because when you get it, you actually still flip out. But it's so but, RNG, that's the problem. And then the few missions and the quests that aren't are so yeah. ridiculously grindy, it's maddening. You, you also, one, you may not have the best RNG, but two, you also need to be playing the events, which you may, because of your grind, you're not doing some of the stuff which has a higher exotic chance. They're so hidden that even I forget like I think some of the spider bounties. And, anyway, we're getting off. So I, I desperately we're getting into the weeds. Yeah. I wanted, no, but I wanted, I, mean, I wanted I wanted to have the two of you here together. I'm so happy about this opportunity for for you to jump right in on Destiny because obviously I make fun of Destiny a lot because what? of conversations like this uh, where I'm like that doesn't sound fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, but you think everything in Red Dead's fun. Yeah, so. exactly. And we move on from there. <laughs> Uh, that a very fair point. I'm joking. Um, I don't know that you do. The, oh no, I, the, it's flawless. No mistakes at all. Crap. I love shoveling crap. Right. No. Um, all silliness aside, uh, Andre was talking about the, the the gameplay loop, and you were you were kind of agreeing there. One of the issues I've always had with Destiny since very early on was that it takes a lot of the trappings of an MMO, which is typically built on a more RPG-ish combat structure and an yeah. RPG-ish enemy structure and loot structure, which allows you to have less fidelity, larger spaces. It's easier to build levels. You don't have to build combat situations. Your AI can be very different. You can build much bigger, more varied areas. Yes. Uh, because Bungie is limited by the kind of game Destiny is as a shooter, it has to very carefully tune every it's area. High builds. polish, you're right. That extraordinary is extraordinary exactly polish. Very what they are stuck uh, on. Yeah, and they have to do that, and that means that the game must, by its nature, be smaller. Mm -hmm. Can you explain to me what is? Because when I hear you talk about and the grinding and the grinding, and then you're happy, but then you're sad, but then you're happy, but then you're sad. What is it about? And this is for both of you. Uh, and it's an honest question, not trying to pick on you. What is the grind joy? What What is it about moving through those same areas, doing the same things that makes it fun? I've said this over and over again, that the first person shooting mechanics that Bungie has crafted for Destiny and Destiny 2 are the best I've ever played. And I say that because I've spent literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours playing it because it just feels so good. The polish level, as we've mentioned, is exemplary and the variety of guns is enough to kind of hit a sweet spot for any type of um fan no matter if you're you know more of like an smg or machine gun person or if you prefer snipers or hand cannons or whatever the the style of weapon that you prefer to play with you'll find something that you like and the, and the loot pool of gear is pretty varied at this point and obviously it's gotten better and better with mm -hmm. each iteration and each piece of dlc and each patch that bungie has made are there still issues with it? Yes, but I think what keeps people like Fran and I coming back week after week, despite you know our gripes with the game, our kind of quality of life gripes, is that gameplay just feels so fun to play. Mm -hmm. mm. I'm glad I, I got to go second, because I really <laughs> got to think about how I wanted to put this, and I thought of a great way. Um, and I'll start by saying that, yes, the shooting mechanics, and that is what attracts me to games like Mario. I always use mm -hmm. the example of, you didn't know, but the friction equation when Mario slide and he turned and they tune that and certain, that is one of the many things that separated why anybody could do a platformer, mm -hmm. right? Especially back then, there's just 
jumping on stuff, but the feeling of it and the way the Destiny feels is amazing, especially if you're on PC. Uh, but not shaming <laughs> consoles, I was on consoles forever and an amazing console shooter as well. Um, just they have aim assist, auto this, and those little things that Bungie's been doing for decades mm -hmm. make it awesome. And by comparison, Red Dead sucks with shooting. <laughs> mm -hmm. It is so frustrating, but it's not a shooter. Um, but what is awesome in Red Dead, again, the smell, the feel of it, um, but the, the, like just when you hop on your horse. The shiny horse butts, man. Man, just hopping on your <laughs> yeah. horse or feeding it and brushing it, the feeling is incredible. And so that is what separates Destiny from a lot of other games like it. And there's just, there's just nothing like it when it comes to that first-person shooter plus that grind. The grind is also just very different. Um, well, they really do keep these really cool things from you that the whole community talks about and you really feel like you need it. Yeah. Sometimes for no reason. Yeah. And that's let how I, they get you. Let yeah. me ask you an old man question then mm -hmm. related to that. I have a Centipede arcade machine in my house. Oh, sweet. Uh, the old like arcade game. Centipede is the same game. Every time you hop in a quarter, it's always the same. It's ridiculously difficult. I mean, one of the hardest arcade games I've ever played and I'm still not any good at it even after owning this thing for, for over a year. But I am playing the same perfectly tuned mm -hmm shooting level over and over and over and over yeah. and over again. And I don't particularly get tired of it because I want to master it. Is it analogous? Is the experience analogous to that? Or am I thinking in the wrong direction? I think it's got some of the same overlap, but they're clearly apples to oranges, right? And I, I think the mechanics go a long way to making the replayability tolerable. And in fact, not just tolerable, enjoy enjoyable. Right, something that I crave. Like if I was going to pick what I go home and play tonight, it would be Destiny. But I have another game on my list I have to play for the mm. show tomorrow. So will I get to Destiny tonight? Maybe if I stay up super late. But I think something that <laughs> Fran touched on that I want to maybe um, make sure gets added into why Destiny is so great is the lore of the world of Destiny is so expertly hidden within the game itself. Mm that it's really clear to people who are in the know about Destiny and who love Destiny that Bungie has crafted things just for those players. To like be able to go and find like this little hidden area in a specific level that gives you like a piece of lore that kind of like reveals something or some of the quest lines for some of the exotic weapons and how the Reddit community just ravenously tries to unravel like, like a what Souls the mysteries type thing? are. It's like a right. Dark Souls type thing? What's funny is... Um, I don't, I don't know. I definitely don't have enough experience with Dark Souls to okay. tell you if that's... I want to play Dark Souls. People have been asking for you it, too. Do it, well, later. Uh, I'm laughing because <laughs> right now, okay, to, for perspective, there was a box that you got a month ago at, with the launch of Black Armory called the Mystery Box, an exotic item, and you had to get these keys by shooting things in the world that were just hidden, which all has lore that you can dive into. And right now, the whole community, and maybe may Saul by now where it's recording on a... Can we say when? Doesn't yeah. matter, right? According on Tuesday. Uh, so we just hit reset. People are trying to figure out hours on end to open up the new addition to the game. So it won't open until you figure this crazy mystery box puzzle, just finding these keys in the world. And then there's these runes hidden around the world that you gotta like go. That's, I don't even know how to solve it yet, but that is how deep it gets. And they've really, it's funny because such a small amount of people are doing it, but the idea that that's happening makes it, it really cool. And, um, that's so, so cool. Bungie's it, always been great about yeah. that type of and game design. Since Marathon, they, they were yeah. really good at that Marathon's even then. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know you were a Marathon oh, yeah, fan. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Retroactively, because I loved Halo, 
fell in love with Red versus Blue. Red versus Blue mm. at some point goes into Marathon. Oh, Marathon. yeah. And I was like, oh, get, what take. is this? I got to play this. Yeah. Durando! So I, fucking cool. I would just want to finish that thought by saying that absolutely, like, any game, Destiny is not for everybody. Red Dead's not for everybody. Uh, but hopefully that's a little peek into why some people love it. I think the one thing you absolutely can't deny, Destiny, is what we touched on. It feels... Amazing. I mean, whether you like that style of shooter is different, but the feel of it, there's almost no games out there in that style that feel that good. Just when mm. you like pop someone's head off and the different styles of enemies, it feels so good because of the sound design and the polish is crazy. And mm -hmm. again, another discussion for another time. All those little things. Man, All, well, the little up. things make such a difference. I, I went and talked to the Etra guys who are working on Torchlight Frontiers a while ago, and they were talking about how, mm. again, it's the same thing with like a, a Diablo style game, you know. There's a, it's that feedback. Anybody, you're just clicking on yeah. things, but the flash happening at just the, the right moment, with just the right the throwback, animation. with just the right, yeah, and suddenly it's fun instead the of particle, not fun. The design around, I mean, there's someone or a team of people's job sometimes is what sound do the particles make and how does that all come together? In fact, yeah, there's effects audio people. It's crazy, the detail, yeah. um, and that is, you know, the choices you gotta make in games. You spend a bunch of money on that, you spend it on story or 700 voice actors in Red Dead, stuff like that. It's amazing to see where you can lean into the polish of stuff and how it changes games. I've been playing New Super Mario Bros. U Ooh. Deluxe. Oh, oh look at you. Can't talk hey, too much. Yeah, about. it's I can't not out yet, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was it's like, it's, well, it's out this Friday as of recording, or it's out today as of you guys listening. Okay. Uh, but it's super, we've talked about this many times. Uh, one of the best 2D Mario games yep. of all time. I feel like it got really kind of shafted because it was a Wii U launch title. Mm -hmm. People were really over the aesthetic and style of the new Super Mario Brothers games when that came out because it was released the same year as new Super Mario Brothers 2 on the 3DS. So it felt very like, all right, we don't need this right now. Um, but for the people that played it, they had a really good time. The return of the uh, Koopa Kids being done in a, yep. in a great way. Like a lot of really great stuff there. Um, I remember replaying the game because... Um, What's his name? Jeremy Parrish oh, yeah. uh, wrote an article. He well, does his like top fame. lists uh, on Polygon, I think it is. Yeah, he he writes all over the place. Yeah, but, uh, I think that one's a Polygon. But he does article. he does lists on Polygon uh, that are his. Like he ranks every game mm -hmm. in a series, and he ranked all the the Mario games, two D, three D, everything. Bless you. And his number one yep. was this game and mm -hmm. I was like you're fucking his number one do like, not underestimate the power of Jeremy <laughs> he's a brilliant he speaker uh, but he, above Mario 3 above Mario World he put this game and I was like you're fucking crazy wow. but then I was like you know what it's been a, a couple years yeah. since I've played it. I'm going to replay it. And the Wii U, see, man, was exactly your it, mindset. It was so, was so you were so tainted going in mm -hmm. and then I replayed it I'm like holy shit mm -hmm. this game is Amazing! The level design is impeccable. The secrets are great. There's so much awesome shit going on. Better than Mario Three or Mario World? No, 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 no. But it's in the conversation. Like mm -hmm. I can see in certain ways how it's better or how it's different at least. Um, you but, and I have had huh. this discussion about Super Mario Wii, which I is my favorite. Yeah, and, and we've talked about the same me. for the same reason. Yeah, uh, and, and you is quite arguably mm -hmm. a better version of that same aesthetic. Now, having said all that. If you haven't played this game before, uh, now that it's coming out on Switch, I think it's a great time to to get in and play through it and like see like wow, this game actually is really damn good. Um, however, for me, I don't think I'm going to complete it again. Uh, oh, playing really? through it now, it's like all right, I have had kind of too much 2D Mario, ah. um, and especially having replayed this game 
recently, like the last three years. Um, and with games like Celeste and with, with just a new style of 2D platformers, like right now, this style of, of Mario game, I'm like, you know what? There's not enough interesting things going on that are unique to this game uh, for it to keep my attention, right. I think. Yeah, Again, was- are you playing it alone? Yes, okay. I, and we're gonna do a bunch of uh, party modes with it, so I'm excited to play. Because well, I feel like those games way. become a different thing when you play them with other people. Well, yeah, but I, I think the reason why Nintendo is releasing this game at this time is because they need their number one poster boy to be staying fresh in people's minds, right? So Super Mario Odyssey seems like a long time ago at this point, mm-hmm. and we don't really know when the next major game from Nintendo is coming because we don't really have a solid release date for any of their tentpole titles for this year yet. So I think it's really smart of them to say, hey, we're going to kind of repurpose and like freshen up a game that was really popular and uses our, you know, our most favorite characters to keep people picking up their Switch and looking at the eShop. I mean, it, it it's writes in, in, itself. At the end of the yeah. day, it's like every single Wii U game that, that came out that was a first party Nintendo title that of any importance is going to come to Switch. And there's no reason it shouldn't. You look at games even as, as small as Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, it sold way better on mm-hmm. Switch than it did on Wii U. Uh, Mario Kart sold way better. Well, Every it's got double the install. Way better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's yeah like, Wii U was a failure. But I mean, it's like, why not take them and bring them over? Right? Yeah, I mean, so like with this game, sold over a million almost out the gate. Exactly. Out so loud. it's like, they're uh, going to just This is Nintendo handbook stuff. Yeah, like they, totally. like it did not sell. They spent money on mm-hmm. You're not just going to sit there. And to your point, they need to. They have Mario release schedules, and that may mean they don't have like a two D or two and a half D. We were talking about it last week too. Mario plan for this yeah. year, but we don't know yet. Um, but it's such an easy way. Like yep. we always. I mean, we can make a huge list of all the games we want to put on there. I'm sure you have mm-hmm. already. Um, so I think it's awesome that they're doing it. But what really you hit on that I think makes a lot of sense is that game was made almost mastering those games that mm-hmm. you took Mario World and three and like you love them, but now but you're like well. But I'm looking for something new, and games like Celeste and others, they do offer that. And you know, you know, actually, uh, a thing make I it forgot wrong. to say is, no, it's not. And I think that a lot, that I know so I'm many people about haven't it now played. You said it. I was like, people haven't played it before. Yeah. I go back so it's like this it. is yeah. going to be great for them to play for the first time. Um, but I think that I'm especially burned out on it because of all the 2D Mario games I've played. But on top of that, Mario Maker. Mm-hmm. You know, when Mario yeah. Maker came out. Uh, they had this graphic style as an option and playing through the game. I played through the hell out of Mario Maker on Wii U. Mm. Then when it was ported to 3DS, it was one of my like playing games until the Switch came out for like a year. Mm-hmm. I'm just I'm just gonna play through some Mario levels because why not? Yep. And all of that really I think kind of hindered my excitement. Uh, You're just burn out on it. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm burned out because this game doesn't offer much new visually. There's mm-hmm. the Starry Night level mm-hmm. uh, for any anybody that's played any of the 2D Mario games in the last. 20 well, years yeah. at this point. Yeah. Uh, I wish the whole game were the story night level. That would be play insane. Play 720p on your, or whatever res it runs. On an airplane, that's what it does offer. Yo, Meaning the true. fidelity that it offers you on the places like that it yeah. is what you easily forget about Switch, but just lying in bed or on your couch, you have not been able to do it there. But you may not play your Switch that way, or maybe you do, I but you're just everywhere. oh yeah. But you're again, you've <laughs> you're you're over that. You've consumed so much of it. Yeah, but uh, anyway, excited uh, to see what you guys. I'm think about excited it. about it. Yeah. Question and a comment. Mm-hmm. Right, I'll start with a comment. Um, if you haven't played this game before, even if you have, if you haven't played it two player, it's a completely different and even better experience. Both these games, Wii and Wii U, in my opinion, are better with two people. And if you doubt if Mario game could be fun with two people, grab somebody you love. This game is love carefully designed around a two, three player experience. If it's supported voice chat and online, would it also still be awesome? I doubt it. Honestly, oh, really? You yeah, have to, it's one of those on the couch. Yeah, experiences. it's it's kind of got that Mario Kart thing going on. It's one of those exactly, exactly. <laughs> I think cooperation. Yeah. 
The other is, uh, and then the question, this is very important for me. Right. So since we know that Wii U gamepad, is there an allowance for me to find some way to use the Tappy Touch? I don't know, because you're definitely a small part of the pie <laughs> chart the, when it, that's it comes the gift. to that Let's stuff. Let's get that gift. So much fun. Yeah. So I, much I, fun. We'll, we'll have to see what that stuff. I, mean, I, do, if you I two disagree switches, with can you. Can you do it? That's what I, I want. I, I don't think you can. Okay. Uh, but uh, two... The thing I disagree with you about is I don't think it's better as a multiplayer game. I think the multiplayer aspect of this is fantastic, but I feel like that's a different game. It really is like playing the campaign in a shooter and playing the multiplayer mm -hmm. mode, mm -hmm. where it's just like it's this. You're, you are playing through the same levels, but the way that you play through them totally changes. And yeah. I feel that what this game does better than Mario 3 or Mario World is the challenge coins, where they add them. That really makes this game hard yeah. for a single player experience, and it makes it worth playing alone. Uh, and not with someone else. Mm -hmm. Not that you can't get them with someone else, but like that's going to be ridiculously hard. Well, I don't know because they they make such great allowances for how the characters come back into the levels. I mean, uh, I've I've played through it again. This is just Wii, but I played through nine eight, creating all three star coins on all levels co op on the Wii version, and it was exhilarating. Uh, so I I think you does it actually kind of better. Mm -hmm. Well, there you go. And then the next game, you said you've been playing France, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Oh, of course. How's that been going? Well, I finally got back to it. I think the biggest thing that comes to my mind is when I first played it, I was like, I, I hate the online. Like, I am not happy with it. I was, But I was PvPing with people that I knew. Mm -hmm. So the connection was actually reasonable, but just it felt like off to me because the game is so fast. But I finally got used to just... Something sunk in of like whatever that lag is, my brain is adjusted to and it's tolerable. Also, I'm God, I love when this adds up. Smash Bros. Ultimate background right oh, now. Let's yeah, go. Baby. Ah. Um, and I also came into my own with I've always played Smash. I've always been, I think, pretty good at Smash, but Peach, I felt baby. like trash. Yeah. Felt like trash because of some of these reasons, but I finally was like whooping on people and feeling good about it. And so um yeah, I'm just happy to be back. I'm maining Link now, actually. Oh. But that's Brit's that, main. I'm I'm not giving <laughs> oh, yeah? up on Peach by any means. No surprise there. Still <laughs> one of my main but um, that game is going to last for many, many years. Yeah. Are Kevin's, you doing any Kevin's of Kevin's raising his hand because he's... Are, are you using... What, Kevin? Are we'll you repeat you, the question. I was going to say, are you using uh, the Ethernet adapter or are you yes. just going... Yes. Okay, Kevin wow. asked, are, like am adult. I using... No, I, I said it's like... Yeah. Oh. If you're playing Smash Brothers online, get the damn Ethernet adapter. Yeah. Stop contributing to this madness. Yeah. Dude, but yeah. I will say, I've had some... Terrible matches, and I hate that you can't like um, thumbs down people or report them uh, because like they should not be allowed to play. It's toxic. It's terrible mm -hmm. when you run into someone that like it literally is in like slow motion, and you you can't just like you could close the software, but there's no way to get out of it. And it's super frustrating. Yeah. Nintendo needs to get its crap together with online. I mean, mm -hmm. they're doing this much better but they've got so far to go and people just do not understand gsp either the rating they're like ah, it's fucking what weird. happened yeah like i hit like 2.2 million like after five matches i just got lucky and then i was like Boo, it fell down right away i'm like i don't even so have you got to understand the college bowl system yeah it's, it's freaking amazing <laughs> yes have you got elite with any of the characters yet online no, because okay. I don't know how it works, and yeah. I have not played yeah. that much. But, I haven't been playing online at but all. But I was getting I up there with Link, out. and actually Peach. Um, but I, I, I think you need to put in hundreds of games to get yeah. this, I guess. I've been playing a lot of the single player, because I, I just want to get all the spirits oh, yeah. done. The so spirit I can just, adventure. like, whenever it is, games of service, and when they add more stuff, I'll go pop back in. You're collecting more, um, more yeah. than the competitive side of things. Yeah, well, I mean, I play competitive with my friends and stuff, but uh, just when I'm playing the game, I'm not playing online. I'm been doing single player and right now i have i just crossed 900 
So I have 900 Spirits. out of the 1300. Spirits. Nice. <laughs> Dude, I probably have like, that's what's the, it's crazy to think how much more you've played of that. I probably have like 50 of them or yeah, I have, 100. I have, I there's know, like, there's the challenge boards zero. that are <laughs> essentially like achievements or trophies. Going to, yeah. And uh, I have, there's 124 of those, I think. And I have 90 something. So it's like, I'm, I'm getting there, man. I'm pushing through. Pushing I'm through. Just, I need your guidance. I've been classic mode with. Over half the characters, so yeah. I'm like, I'm getting there. Nice. Classic mode's kind of cool. Actually. Classic like mode the little is storyboard fantastic, stuff and, man. Yeah. I love it. They did. There's so much love and care put into yeah. that. They did. They really knocked out of the park. It's I keep being surprised by like things I'll see yeah. in classic. It's funny, mode. I'm more likely to play that mode since it's a little more straight on, like yeah. kind of fights. Mm -hmm. uh, spirit adventure. I like. I like. I just don't. I haven't wrapped my head around it yet. It's Everyone's like equip these spirits and yeah. It's, it's funny because uh, you guys were talking about the grinding of Destiny and all yeah. that stuff, and that very much is World of Light mode. And um, you were talking about like this sounds like you don't like it. Everything you're saying sounds like you don't like it. Uh, a lot of people, the comments on our top ten of the year were like, "Tim, you put Smash Bros on it. You didn't say anything good about it. You literally <laughs> just said everything you don't like." And it's like that. In my, I love feel like pain. you guys know why I love that game, yeah. and I've talked about it on so many different shows. I probably should have done a better job. Praising it during that episode, mm -hmm. um, but I just care so much. But my point was, despite all the bullshit, I still love yeah. so much about this. Well. Did you see this thing floating around uh, Twitter this week? With uh, somebody made a me Anakin Skywalker fighter. Have y'all seen this? It's no. it's mm -hmm. he's got the lightsaber, he's got the face. Somebody nails it, and it's a zoom in on a victory screen, and it's him number one in victory <laughs> over four young links, and it just says, "Not the young links." Oh. Oh, yeah. no. It's 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 beautiful. Oh, no. I was like, oh, that's yeah. lovely. That's but something something that I like that they they added. So there's these spirit like uh, events. I guess they're they're called. I don't mm -hmm. even know where. That's called the weekly or where, but they <laughs> every Sunday. Yeah. Uh, they do when, events where you can capture these spirits. It's right? about, yeah, it's about, about, about every week where it's like there'll be a theme for the, the week and you can go in in spirit mode like one week was like I think it was called like Let's A Go and it was like all Mario Let's characters that you go in and it's like the when you go play spirits there's a higher chance of Mario characters popping up uh. then there was a Fire Emblem event where there's more chance of Fire Emblem and like that's something like this is really actually kind of meaningless and stupid mm. like it's randomized anyway like who cares but one of the events uh, actually I think it was the Mario one had spirits that you could only get during that exactly. week exactly that was the thing I noticed and I'm like, oh, that that, was that's going to get me like, I yeah. hope they keep adding that because that would get into like Destiny territory of just like, oh, gotta it's, have it's that small, spirit. meaningless stuff. But like, well, I got to get it, though. You know what I mean? It's like, I, I need to keep coming totally. back. I'm hoping they do it'd, a lot more. It'd be more cool if you could somehow show that off online, you know, that you have certain things like, but that that's like, I don't want to knock it. I love the idea of it, but it's kind of just for you right now. It's collector game. Oh, yeah. And I guess mm -hmm. you can show your friends, but you can't show it off online or anything. Yeah, Jared and Andrew, you know, not Smashers. I, I play Smash quite a bit, actually. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jared yeah. plays. But I have long held that Smash is not my game. I have no problem with people who like to play Smash. It's just not for me. She's like Smash sister. The only fighter I like is Mortal Kombat. I oh, have, that's right. I have played a lot of other fighting games over my time as a video game player, but yeah. the only one that's resonated with me that I'm actually eager and excited and want to play is Mortal Kombat. Does Injustice oh, end up fitting into that with you too? Or so just... I really liked my time with Injustice because obviously it's from NetherRealm, the people yeah. who make Mortal Kombat, and they took a lot of the learnings from Mortal Kombat and applied it to the first Injustice, and then they took what they did with the first Injustice and applied it into Mortal Kombat 10, which I loved yeah. even more. And so I'm really excited to see what they do with uh, Mortal Kombat 11, which is... Did you play Injustice 2? Yes, I did. Injustice 2 is... Fantastic. Um, Freaking fantastic. It's the story mode in that game, game yeah. is how fighting game story mode should be. Absolutely. It was totally riveting. 
I was super involved the entire time. Like, if you, have you played it? No. You should. What's so oh, cool about it is the story mode is there's an actual story that's cool. It's comic booky and it's whatever. But every match makes sense for the story going on. But you switch characters throughout it, and then there'll be huh. like points where you choose which character you get to play the fight with. But it just keeps moving and progressing, and like you, you it really teaches you the mechanics of the games. Based on the characters that you're cool. supposed to play, it's it's, it's also it's a game brilliant. where the Joker yeah. can beat up Superman with his fist, and and then there's all of that. It's oh my god, it's so fantastic. That, that I've never wasn't really, a plus. I've never, <laughs> you know, why? Right after it's uh, fantasy, Jared. Yeah. I mean, you know, right, it's fine. I was just gonna say, right after I finish all the Dark Souls series and uh, grind through all of Anthem and finish Assassin's yeah, yeah, yeah. Creed you and play the new Super Mario and yeah. finish getting all the characters and spirits and specials, then I will play. Well, okay. the the story Fair. mode for Injustice Two uh, does so not take games. an incredible amount of time. It's right. you know oh, maybe what five, like, I'm doing. Yeah, I actually love fighting games. I grew up on Street Fighter Two and. Mortal Kombat at yeah. the arcades. It was formative for me. I would make my parents drive me to the bowling alley where I would challenge people and sit there and my brother would be like, you gotta play my little brother. So loved it, but I kind of gave up on that life yeah. and Smash has become the one fighter that at least I love. Um, but I, I do love the games and they, they sound so good. I freaking love Ed Boon and NetherRealm. They're based so on, yeah, based on what so you were many. talking about of the like, the Injustice led to Mortal Kombat 10 led to, led to whatever. Yeah. I cannot wait for from Injustice 2 going to Mortal Kombat 11 yeah. and it's coming to Switch. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God. Maybe. That, that, I cannot wait for a flight to New York just so I can beat that game <laughs> yeah. on a flight. Maybe yeah. to oh, your point so awesome. is something, I, I've been thinking about this a lot. Like I played a little bit of Gree, right? I have not finished it or anything. It's pretty short, but maybe I should just play a little bit of Injustice 2 campaign and like, do you think that, what if I, you I mean, know, At this point it's outdated. So wait yeah. for Mortal Kombat 11. Yeah, well, and, and Gris really? is only like four to five hours. Okay. So you should be able to like knock that out. Yeah, but no me and that aside, if I was to go back and play some Injustice, no, do you it's think it's a, worth it or it's just a wait? Solid for the next fighting game. We should play it. I mean, I was I was crapping on the fact that Joker beats up Superman. But the, if I just want to play for two hours, adorable. Yeah, point of making. Just play for a couple of hours. It's definitely worth it. Worth it. Yeah, make that good stuff. You know, the point I was trying to make is I don't know. Do you guys feel this? I feel. I grief myself constantly because I don't have enough time to really know the games. Right. And when I look at a game, even when it's like $7.99 on sale, I'm like, I, I can't get into it. Part of it is the addiction of wanting to be that completionist or just amazing at it. Um, but then sometimes I'll play something. I'm like, why didn't I just play this for an hour? Because you experience something new and... Mm -hmm. But do you get where do you land on that? Do you guys no, ever I mean, feel I'm gonna play it for an hour, guy. Right, if, well, I, if it doesn't, okay with it. Doesn't bother me. I'm so out. popular right now, right? You have Xbox Game Pass. Yeah. There's PlayStation Now. But does there's that tons of subscription services you? where you can or is just it try it? Me. Does, it? does it bother me? Yeah. Do you go through this like literally? No, the I'm pain. not a completionist, so it doesn't like I can pick up a game and then, then walk away from it. I'm not a completionist either. I should say like I really want to go into the depth of the game. I think that I appreciate where you're coming from because you can't truly know a game until you get to a certain point mm -hmm, in exactly. it. Exactly. And each game is different and certain genres require a much bigger time investment than others, yeah. right? Like I think about some open world RPGs where you're scratching the surface in the first 20 hours yeah. of the game, right? Like that's wild to think no, that you put yeah, that like much assassins. time in and you're not really there yet. Yeah, what assassins if I just played for an hour? Probably example. not enough, right? No. I'm thinking about a day when I was growing up, Fran, where we would go to the Sam's Club and eat the samples for lunch oh, on yeah. Saturday. You know, the sample section You mean like Club. last weekend? Like Costco. Yeah, like, <laughs> exactly. Like at the Costco, you go, you get the samples, you get the little cheeses. You get Yeah, like last weekend. And you get those and you eat them all up for lunch. And then that same day, like five hours later after shopping with my family, we went out and had a fancy dinner at like the Olive Garden, you know. Oh, okay. oh my gosh, now it, you're speaking to my heart. Yeah, yeah this is home, baby. right? Oh. Back days. So, 
I think that for a lot of people, it's possible to enjoy samplers at lunch and then dive in deep at dinner. I don't know if you enjoy samplers at Costco, but if you do, give yourself <laughs> a little time to have some have some like crappy samplers for a while, and then go back in and have a big dinner at the Olive Garden. And you those do samplers don't have to be crappy. Is I what love Jared really means to say the analogy. Yeah, I love the analogy, Jared. I don't understand what it means with what I said, <laughs> but you succeeded in making me hungry. <laughs> so that, I that's definitely what... want breadsticks now. <laughs> All right, Jared, we're gonna, we're gonna keep this guy for next week. Oh, which one? With the uh, this game? Yeah. Oh, sure. We can cool. say that. This episode of the Kind of Funny Games cast is brought to you by the University of Advancing Technology. Uh, the robotics revolution is coming. Don't be afraid of it. Be a part of it. R2-D2 or C-3PO, Schwarzenegger's Terminator T1 or the T-3000. I go T1 on that. I'll be honest with you guys. OG. OG. The made from the Jetsons or data from Star Trek. Personal favorite is data from Star Trek. I'm watching TNG right now. What up, TNG? Uh, Johnny Five or Bender want to build a program? Want to build and program robots for a living? Question mark. Well, the University of Advancing Technology has you covered. The robotics degree program of the University of Advancing Technology, or UAT, provides students with a fun, the found, uh, fun foundational robotics education for the design, implementation, and analysis of robotics and embedded systems by combining the best of class elements of best of class elements of computer science with autonomous robot technology. Students in the robotics and embedded systems degree will gain valuable knowledge and will be prepared to excel in robotics career. Uh, the world we interact in every day and technology we utilize are built upon the foundation of embedded systems. The robotics and embedded systems degree provided students the en uh, engineering foundation for design, implementation, and analysis of embedded systems with an emphasis in autonomous robotic uh, systems. The robotics engineering foundation for design with an emphasis okay well i read that twice i apologize but you know what you guys got the message right now here's here's the good stuff about this ad read graduate at the speed of tech earning a bachelor's degree in less than three years i love that four years too long three years three is the new four starting start learning tech from day one students begin their program um major courses from the semester until they graduate uh, online or on campus UAT offers a range of technological degrees technology degrees for both bachelor and master's programs University of Advanced Technology is a university in Tempe Arizona founded in 1983 UAT integrates technology into its general education requirements the institute offers core classes as well as deep sets of courses in each major deep sets Nothing better than deep sets. Here you go, ladies and gentlemen. Learn more about the programs available at University of Advancing Technology at http slash UAT, uh, excuse me, slash slash UAT dot edu. That's http colon slash slash UAT dot edu. Next up, we've got hymns. This one is personal. It's a little, it's right here. It's in the heart of Papa Scarpino and always on the, always on the tip of my brain. Always on my mind, you know what I mean? Because it's above my mind, in my hair. Listen, when I was 25 years old, I was like, what's happening to my hairline? Why is it going away? I'm scared, I hate everything, and I don't understand why the world would do me like this. Why you gotta do me like this, genetics? Well, guess what? Hims stepped in now and was like, you don't have to be done like this. We can do, we can make this right. We can make this right. We can beat genetics. Hims for hims.com. You wanna go there, check that out. Hims is a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness, all for men. 66% uh, of men lose their hair by the age of 35. If you're one of those people, listen up. Hims got you covered. Right now, 
You can go over to 4hims.com and check out what they have. These are well-known generic equivalents to name brand prescriptions to help you keep your hair. No snake oil pills or gas station counter supplements. Prescription solutions backed by science. Me and Andy are on that finasteride train. Uh, I'm using the shampoo, which smells so good. And I eat the vitamins because they're good for your hair and your skin. And I like them a lot because they taste good. Ladies and gentlemen, go to 4hims.com right now. Right now, my listeners, get a trial month. Of hymns for just five dollars today, while while supplies last. See website for 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 for, for, for full details. This would cost hundreds if you went to the doctor or pharmacy. Go to forhims.com slash kinda. That's f o r h i m s dot com slash kinda. Forhims.com slash kinda. That is all. Now back to your regularly scheduled program. Watch out! I want to get into into the topic of the show, which is. Our most controversial gaming opinions. Oh my god! I thought this would be a fun conversation because now that Fran's part of the show, we for years have given him shit for many Thank things. You. For oh many god. years, we'll I, continue to give him right shit for many things. Right when he brought things. this topic up, yeah, I was like, I know what you're doing. But Tim. one of the things that Greg Miller has given Fran shit for the longest is the infamous 7.9 that Fran gave to time. Mario Kart Double Dash. Do we have to listen to him defend this again? I mean, hey. apparently, you're, I mean, you're going to lambast me should, for a year. You should make him defend it when Greg is actually here. Yeah, I think Greg's going to be bummed. It. But well, trust mean, me, I'm happy he's not here. I won't be surprised <laughs> if it's on because every what I show. Say, you were right. Ah, yeah, oh! let's go. You were let's go. Mario Kart double, double Dash, it's good. fine. It's fine. Yeah. It's it was officially good, not great. Yeah. On the, the and scale. I, I'd give it to that. Yeah. yeah. Good, not high, great. high on the good scale. Mm-hmm. Almost great. I'm calling Forbes to kick that award back. <laughs> what what would you what would you give Mario Kart Double Dash? If I were rating it today, off the top of no, my head. No, rating it then. Oh, yeah, what? like what? Oh, 2000 to give it a higher or... score probably. Um, really? Yeah, yeah, I'd give it After a... 64. Wait, what would you oh, say? Yeah, 64. See, I am not Tread a Tread carefully here, Jared. It's a good game. <laughs> but I if I was going to flip, I'd say that I'd say that probably Double Dash is probably about an 8.6, 8.7 and that uh, I'd probably give a solid 8 to 64. How dare you? Yeah. Mario Kart 64 is one of the best games of all time. It's Don't ask. Oh, there's some how, bad, how long has it so been since you've gone back? It's bad, yeah, But you can't go it's back. Bad. You, but it, battle mode is good. But, no, but like, battle it, mode is good. Yeah, and double no, S Fran, didn't thank have you. It. It's not about... It, the way it plays today, it's about yeah. what it represented when it came out. Well, if I'm comparing those two then, though, I, absolutely. Double Dash was Let, leaps and bounds more fun in everything but battle mode you. than 64. Let, the tracks were better designed. The two-player dynamic was fantastic. But you know what? I shouldn't be the one talking about this. No, should. Let me just say that <laughs> unless you were there and had to do the job and live in the ecosystem of GameCube and PlayStation 2 and yeah. 3 and all that coming uh you cannot rate it. There's no, well, I went back and I put, because it is all about looking around you. And when we rated games then as well, it was about a, a couple things. The first and foremost thing, the way that we did at IGN, was games on the system. Yep. And really basically that, the value of that ecosystem. You, We were encouraged not to compare too directly those systems, right? Because you may only own a GameCube. That was the idea. So that was a big weight, right? I looked at all the games on GameCube and just sort of what it offered versus other things on the system that you get value out of. So that was a big part of it. Certainly, you look back at old Mario Karts and things like that, and of course. Um, but I would put that out there as when you also did, I did look at PlayStation and other stuff that was going on and technology, and it was just like, it just was missing a little something for me. And that It was good, but it wasn't great. Um, but I will admit that 
My expectations were so high for GameCube. I mean, that's how I got. I mean, they should have been. They, they were so high, and certainly it weighed on me for some of the greatest games of all time going into, finally, we're going to get online, by the way. They were talking about mm-hmm. it, and that, above all, the, the the missing of online and looking around on PC and even PlayStation, you could get some reasonable online experiences. And Nintendo just completely botched it up, and it was a huge miss, like, factually, I will say. <laughs> if, if Mario Kart played even reasonably well online, it would have been cool. But instead, I found myself using at the time, it was like warp pipe to play LAN. Yeah, yeah I was oh going to bring up hack. warp pipe, right, yeah. It was a hack to try <laughs> to get, so yeah, I had big expectations to play online, but battle mode also sucked. Did you, did you think you could make <laughs> a good version of, of Mario Kart on the wired backbone that existed at that point? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because other other things were doing it. Were they PC doing it well? was doing it. I mean, I got to look Pro back, Skater. but uh, Three, wasn't huh? yeah. But then, was? again, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Online. Yeah, it's awesome. God, but that's not a that's not a precision kart racer. And those games are a precision. precision. Jared, no, okay. here's where you smash cut to footage of Smash Brothers today, and it's like a freaking slideshow. Yeah, and people are playing it. So. Yeah. You know, anyway, there was apps. I'd have to go back and look. I don't remember if it was like a Gran Turismo. I felt like there was like racers at the time. I was like, yeah, they have like a reasonable online mode. Um, even, just think of like ghost racing even. Yeah. Like they didn't even have Well, Warpipe made it Warpipe made it work on early. Yeah. I mean, they, they, yeah, that was obviously really possible. Work. But that's, no, I'm not going to make excuses for Warpipe. My point is, oh, is that here. if you'd had a high-speed back mode, yes, it absolutely would have worked. I know it's not a racer, but just go play Halo back then, okay? It worked. And You know, it's funny you bring that up. Yeah. We'll talk about that. Okay, but it did work. And uh, oh no! And, and what he's making me nervous, but whatever the case, it just it underdelivered big on online. But I do want to say, I mean, the co-op and the design of the uh, campaign and single player racing and all that was tons of fun. See, I that, love that, the that's levels. where I'm at. Where I'm like, that's yeah. where things. I don't give a fuck about the online, and especially back then, I think hmm. that that's like. Not something that was standardized enough. I'm not saying that. I get it. I, but what I'm saying I is didn't hinge it on the, that. That was just a big part. Some of, of it. the tracks, there was not enough iconic. There was not tracks. enough. There's Baby Park. There yeah. also was not enough. The yeah. single player content was severely lacking, and the introduction of the the dual cart system, the dual uh, characters yes. on the card with mm-hmm. the with the items tied to them, broke it a lot. Where there were certain characters that were just flat out better than others. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Sure. Do you think that's untrue in other like Mario Karts that there aren't characters that are just flat out better than others and almost every version but of the in game. those games it's like if you chose one other people also couldn't choose them and there yeah. wasn't other characters but that I mean had 64 was the same way I mean 64 was I'm not arguing for 64 okay. I'm not yeah. a 64 Interesting. fan so besides the, the, you got into yeah. imbalance at the time and that was that was part of whoever picked yeah. Toad yeah, had the advantage of, of the acceleration. Maybe that's yeah. why I liked it. I played Toad all the time. It's funny because I've been playing Toad since 64. <laughs> but if you chose them, yeah, of course. then someone else I could. never really quite yeah. noticed, yeah. actually, some of this imbalance stuff that you're talking about. Probably because I always man. played Toad. Yeah. Um, so was that on I, your list, though, of your top five most oh, controversial games? It was at the bottom of the list. I mean, I had to put it on there, but it was, to me, the least important controversy on my top five. But, I mean, it, it's funny. It was a big one. I, I put out two things that would add more weight to understanding it. At the time, magazines were the queen bees. They were in charge, and EGM had put out their scores, and it was nine, 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 nine. By the way, right, no online really available yet. And back then, you had to kind of like in this internal uh, working with Nintendo, deliver the boxes under lock and key, like let you play before a month because of the the magazine delivery. So they put out huge scores before IGN did it. Guess who was next in line? One Fran Mirabel the third. And I was the first person to come out the door and review it. And it wasn't like what they put it at. 
So it just the contrast at the time, they called for my resignation and said, get out of here, Fran, you suck. And that was like, I couldn't live it down and it made the Urban Dictionary. That was the first I ever heard of the Urban Dictionary. It's still in there, 7.9. And if you spell the words out, it's getting seven nines was a term. One of my friends in freaking, uh, just outside Chicago in a suburb, he was in a class and somebody used the term, you get seven nines. And he's like, what? did you just say what I thought you said? Like it really like made it as like a fail. Which is awesome, I think. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Um, yeah. It's been all uphill yeah. from there. Give me one. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> so when Tim told me that this was going to be the topic for this week, I was like, how dare you? I already get enough shit from right? everybody on the internet. You're going to make me talk about some of my controversial gaming opinions. Um, so I have a list here of ones that I'm kind of like still workshopping. And I want to make a full disclosure that I have not properly researched my arguments, that my theories are thin, and that I don't have <laughs> That's the kind of funny style. Controversy, baby, <laughs> let's go. To support my opinions. Hell Burn yeah. the dumpster. If I was doing Welcome a true oral defense of my thesis, I would come prepared with the right supporting materials. Mm -hmm. I did not do that today. No, but here's the thing. These are your opinions. <laughs> these, these, the, the goal for this, by the way, and then right. like to set the, the, the tone correctly, these are not like... This is not trying to start shit with people. This is just our individual thoughts and opinions yeah. and for a fun argument. We already told him. Yeah. <laughs> I think the sirens add color. It's real. Sorry, you were being very impassioned and pure there so, and we both interrupted you. It's I, all good. I, I, I'm afraid we're gonna run out of time to talk, talk about all five. Are we gonna be able to talk we're about we, five? We shouldn't. This is the kind of funny yeah. guest. We can right. do it. Okay. Let's we can just do it. fucking um, go. Okay. Let's, let's, okay, let's okay. see what happens. So one of the ones I put up here, because I knew that this would be controversial, was one of the most controversial topics of last year is about microtransactions. Oh. Yeah. I think microtransactions are A-okay. To be clear, I Comma. don't think loot boxes are A-okay. <laughs> loot boxes, bad. Microtransactions, totally fine. Expound. Curious. Is so, this coming out of like Battlefront? Is? So no, this is coming. This is coming really out of Destiny more than oh. anything. Oh. Um, and my original gripe about the way that um, Silver and um, Bright and Grams and things worked previously. But I thought about this quite a bit over the last year because it came up continually oh, yeah. in mm -hmm. the news. Um, and as somebody who loves playing mobile games, uh, which might be one of my controversial opinions later on, um, I want to say that definitively I think that there's nothing wrong with microtransactions as long as you know what you're buying it's clear um, what you're paying for how much you're paying for it and what it gets you in the game because I love the microtransactions in a game like Assassin's Creed Odyssey I keep finding myself wanting to put more and more money into Helix credits to buy the skins for Phobos, my horrors, to buy the different crew themes. There's you did a say horse, right? Horse, yes. Skins for my horse. steed, mm -hmm. my mount, my horse. Yes, the animal that I ride and gallop around in the world. Okay. Don't take it Could any other way ways. that you'd want it to. Uh, Wait, what you know what? You just, wow, quote it. You know oh, what? that is fantastic. Whatever. I'm sorry. <laughs> I messed that up. Here's the thing. My point is, I really enjoy the customization options that you can buy through microtransactions in that game. And I think that it's fine. I don't care that it's a $60 full price game, and then they add customizations on top of that, because there's plenty of things that you can earn in-game with in-game currency and buy through the money you earn in the game. For example, I bought the, the white unicorn skin with money I earned playing the game. And I bought the black unicorn skin with money that I paid into the game in Helix credits. Mm -hmm. So... I am definitely saying that I'm okay with them, and 
<laughs> you can have I'm, me. I'm totally it's with a, you. Where it's like, I feel like they wow. can be used for evil, and they are often used for evil, but they can totally be used right and are often used right. Well, I think the reason why they're so controversial in today's day and age is that a lot of people are complaining that video game developers are continually pulling content out of games that used to be included in games and saying not only are we going to make you pay for the game and give you less, but we're going to make you pay and then make you pay and make you pay. Are they withholding and make you pay? I'm going to go a step further. I think it's fair to say that some video game developers and an increasing number of video game developers that are trying to get funding for their games are having to go to investors that have heard about this stuff Mm. and say, we are designing our game around microtransaction models. We are building oh, yeah. a game that is designed to extract money from people a little bit at a time. And what that does to the way you design your game, what that does to what the game is about, what that does to the art can be extraordinarily disruptive and corruptive. That said, controver- or uh, conversely, it also allows things, incredible games, great games like Fortnite to happen. Uh, a game that is free for everyone and available on every platform under the sun and not exploitative of, of its audience whatsoever. So I think there's a lot of merit to what you're saying, but I do think that not only are things being taken out, I now think that vast AAA games are being designed primarily around how do we keep getting money out of people and that has less over time to do with it being a good game and more over time to do with, say, exploiting somebody's tendencies toward gambling. Mm-hmm. That's the slippery slope because it, see, it can, by the way, I do agree, in some cases it's fine. Like It's just vanity, it's extra, there's so much in the game. And in those cases, some people still hate it, but I'm on the side where I'm like, D- it does not affect the game, it's fine. Uh, but the slippery slope is when you find out the game director spending time in these meetings and couldn't they have spent time on that boss design that I didn't like? Uh, by the way, did you withhold this? And actually, I think famously, I was trying to remember the game. Wasn't it like a, a Tekken or a Capcom game? What was the one where it was um, on the disc, but they unlocked it after? Now, that was not microtransactions. Street Fighter V, right? Was, yeah, was but that was part of this launch. infamous controversies. In fact, I was thinking about it in this list at one point when it all started was when stuff came on disc and you mm. found out it was burned in the disc, but you had to unlock it by buying stuff and separate We've evolved way past it, um, but I think it's a great pick, by the way, because everybody, if you just Google trends, microtransactions versus some other stuff, that's probably like off the charts. Well, so. I think some of the, one of the talking points we always come back to around the conversation of microtransactions is the base price point of video games and how it hasn't raised mm-hmm. in quite some time, yeah. and that these microtransactions post-launch are really supplementing the overall budget of these games because games are not seven ninety nine, games are not eighty nine ninety nine. Or even $99.99, where they probably should be given the way inflation has risen over the past two to three decades. And so they're really supplementing a lot of the ongoing development, particularly for games as live service, to make sure that they can keep funding that development team and they do so with microtransactions. That's so hard for people to understand, though. And you're right, but I think that's where you got into it with Destiny. They said, no, we're doing this so we can build, and it didn't really work out that way. Well, you you end up in a situation. It didn't work out because it was RNG, right? Like, I can't go up to well you could in certain things in, in, in regular Destiny in Destiny 2 if there's a specific emote that I want from mm-hmm. the from the silver shop I can't buy silver with my real money in the PlayStation Network get silver and then use that silver to buy the emote yeah, it's I not have like to buy an Fortnite. RNG package yeah. hope that I get it and then if I don't I have to break down those items into yeah. bright dust mm-hmm. and then use the bright dust it's, it's just we, we end up in a situation sometimes with contemporary games I, I know all the focus goes on what's taken out or but where we need to be asking ourselves, am I purchasing a game or am I purchasing a store? Because a lot of things that are disguised as games now 
are as much stores as they are games. And I think that's important for us to think Do about. Do you have and I'm an not just example about the mobile of what you space. mean by that? Yeah, but I can't say it. Uh, let me let's see. Uh, it's the game he's designing uh, right now. No, I'm just uh, I think a, a, a good place to... No, let's let's just skip that for right now, Andrea. Wow. Yeah. Um, Jared, what's your controversial statement? Starting at the bottom, uh, let's, go, let's go with one that's not going to make people too angry, but let's, let's roll back to where Fran was. Uh, Halo made shooters worse. Scoff. Hey, that's such a broad statement, yes, so it is. let's let him comma. Yeah, very, I'm holding my thoughts. Very yes, quick really. one here. Uh, Halo is a fine quality shooter. As a matter of fact, it's a Halo it's a very, One. Yeah, Halo One. Oh, Halo I, one I want to a, make sure. Okay. Halo One is a, a shooter that elevated console shooters to a new level. It took the very janky but enjoyable GoldenEye yeah. and, and Perfect Dark formula and turned it into something much, much more complete what? and comprehensive. You okay? Oh, everything okay? I got fucking hacked today, and there's now my fucking PlayStation account. God damn it! Do you need it? You need to get no, off? I'll deal with it later. We can okay. get yeah. No, I'm sorry. Right. Didn't right. need to be that dramatic. No, that's what it said. Sucks. That's horrible. It's live, people. That's terrible. Um, Seriously though, if you want to go take care of this, ASAP. Oh, I'm gonna deal with it here. It's okay. Okay. All right. So continue. Again, Jared. going back to that. Obviously, a super polished, well put together product. Unfortunately, it also ended up creating a new set of expectations for what shooters would be. Not in the level of polish, but in the designed for more category. Console shooters, and Fran's a, a shootery guy and a PC guy, are inherently a different kind of video game than pre-console PC shooters. There's a time that shooters were designed to be remarkably fluid, and that word meant a very different thing than it does now 20 years later. Halo made a new kind of video game that is enjoyable, but it's also slow linear, clutchy, largely built around cinematic in-game set pieces and dramatic Michael Bayish events that then pull the user into a further storytelling this drama. This awesome, though. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like but, arguing against himself. Continue. Yeah. <laughs> but, what was, but at the same time, the gameplay suffered tremendously. In what sense? From the design or from the console? From the design. Because what the technology? That, huh? It wasn't the technology. No, I'm not talking about the technology. I'm talking about the fact that anything you have to control with a, uh, with a handheld controller. So it was the technology. Is slower. Yeah. Okay. That the online interface that was required by the first two Halo games required a very, very, very different, particularly Halo 2, I think I want to say. Halo 1 didn't have Yeah, online. Halo 2. That's what I meant to go. My apologies. Uh, that with Halo 2 slowed things down and that it created a set of expectations from the way that we control the game to the way that we interface with other players, to things like melee, that has made shooters. Fran's itching. Frankly, oh, but no, more, no, this is crazy. frankly, more boring and more invested in beauty than actual quality of gameplay. Well, he is describing Destiny, but I it mean, made he's shooters, describing, he's describing yeah, one of my favorite far, yeah, shooters of all time. It made shooters far more conservative. And that's what it, it made shooters more like one another. Up to that point, shooters were startlingly innovative. They were trying vastly different things. From Halo on, everybody wanted to make Halo. For good I reason. I think you're completely out of your mind, Jared. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, yes. I wholeheartedly agree. From a multiple perspective. Jared? Yeah, no, I'm with that you. That he's out of his mind. I just want to be mind. sure. I agree with you. He's out of his mind. Halo, I feel, was the first time that uh, a shooter felt right on a console. Where it was like, oh, this game is actually as good as uh, PC players are having <laughs> with shooters on, on their thing in, in a different way. Where Two it's completely like different platforms. The, 
Yeah, completely different platforms, different games. It yeah. worked on it consoles. It was first. factually mm-hmm. the best shooter on a console at the time. It was absolutely the best shooter on a console at the time. And then nobody ever made anything else again. Because they introduced matchmaking. They introduced- You don't play a lot of shooters, do you, Jared? Actually, and this is the funny secret. I do. Oh yeah? You don't think think since Halo, there's been zero innovation in shooters. Did you not play Time Splitters? Crisis? How about this? I think there's been less innovation. Yeah. I think there's been less innovation in shooters Before than there has in any other dude. major genre of video games, including sports. No, that's a, that's a whole a, can of worms I, that I'd have to really think most about. Most of the innovations I that have, have a, taken place in shooters have been marketplace innovations, XP systems, ways to sell people things, ways yeah, to keep that's players. Not Halo, that's not engaged. Halo's fault. I mean, by by definition, the the base gameplay mechanic of shooting things is going to be inherently more limited than an RPG where the mechanics involve like crafting and gear making and, and those all are all the potion same. making and a bunch of other <laughs> shit you have to yeah, busy you work have... it to do. But go ahead, Brian. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I interrupted. It was my bad. No, it was the, There's so many layers. I know what you're trying to say, yeah. but you're in a way you're like blaming the technology, but also a mindset. You're right. Some of these RPG elements came to mind. If you're I'm right, blaming the console, marketplace more than anything. But that defines what is created. That is every day. Fortnite is now defining, like Just you said, Just because it happened doesn't the, mean I think it had to wait, happen. That's I do have point. a simple question. What are you positing as the solution? Are I you saying there's solution. Should, but, but meaning, what is the controversy? Are you saying there shouldn't have been an awesome shooter on consoles? No, my controversial but opinion re, is re, that Halo made shooters worse. No, but that's reform, it. That's no, it. what? That's, I think that's a thing that happened. You think fundamentally today, first-person shooters are worse than, the, than yeah, Halo? Because of if we have Halo the world is the best shooter of all time. Halo had not <laughs> happened. Is that what no, you're no, saying? No, no, that's not what I'm saying either. I'm saying if we lived in a world where Halo had not happened, we'd probably have better shooters today. See, I, I, I so they would be a wow. less popular, less well-funded category of game, and no. they would That's be an much it's a better constructed. He's allowed the to. He's creating controversy. I was not prepared. My thing is, the arguments that you're presenting, I feel, are more appropriate towards Modern Warfare 4. Where I feel like Modern Warfare 4 much more set the tone for what multiplayer shooters yes. look like today than Halo did. What did Modern Warfare 4 do that changed what Halo 2 did? The XP systems. Oh, and which again uh, is about selling new stuff. System, not, but yeah. No, no, no. That's not, about, not, in, no, that's no, about no, player. No, no, no. That's about player engagement, my friend. That has nothing to do with making a better game and everything to do with making sure you play that game longer. Are you Here's a big secret about XP systems in video games that aren't RPGs. They are no longer and have not for many years been designed to do anything but make sure that you are playing the game longer and it gets reported back to the publisher or developer where you made the game through the little internet system. Wait, through the internet system that you signed up for to make sure that you're playing more so they can report that in their meetings so they can look for the next way to monetize it in the of next game. That is the only reason those elements exist in those happened in the last games. five years. Yeah. I, I mean, reason. you have to look at that. And that plans for that monetization have been being laid for the last 15. did not have monetization tied to progression, Jared. The I progression think that you're unfairly was put in so they can judging do it. a whole decade of shooters because of what's happened recently with microtransactions and online play. That's like, what that's, they were building to, That's really to, a gigantic leap you're making that it's not that unfounded. people plan that far ahead they looked this and they is... said how do we get more people playing our game longer why is playing what? a this game longer a, a bad thing y'all my He's first crazy. controversial <laughs> opinion <laughs> thank That's you so Tim. much more that I, later Jim. guy fieri gets way <laughs> too much shit what was that a game of <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> my first controversial uh, gaming opinion. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. Put three and one because I I'm fucking made the rules. For Tim's list. Here's my Final Fantasy oh. controversial opinions. Three and one. Final Fantasy seven is actually that good. I feel like back in the day it was like, oh, it's so great, and then the, it's now the new cool thing to be like, eh, it's not that good. Whatever. No. It actually is that good. Had to be there the then. The characters are fantastic. I feel like now, cool, okay, of course it doesn't stand up perfectly because no old game does in the, the way that we're grading them that way. Of course not. Final Fantasy VII's characters, the look, the music, the thing, the battle system, everything that's going on, it's a fantastic. This is your controversial game. thing? Yeah. Just that it's good. Yeah, it's, ah, it actually is I didn't even that know good. that it was bad. That's Nobody fairly, told no, me. No, that's, that's fairly controversial. I'll I feel like in modern times, the, contro- like, the least controversial thing would be like, Final Fantasy I tend to ignore stupid stuff. Like, all right. So I, uh, <laughs> Final Fantasy 13, not that bad. Honestly, gets a lot of hate. It's very linear, and that's true. The story, not good. Gameplay, fantastic. The battle system is good. Fantastic. The paradigm system, paradigm system was amazing, and I just wish that uh, it was a little bit wrapped in a better storyline. I really like that you hopped in on both of these. These are these are good. These are good hills for you to try to die on. Uh, yeah. Thirteenth uh, <laughs> battle system, I agree. It, mm-hmm. It's really unique. There's nothing quite like it. It's very well done. The, the fact that you're just kind of choosing the the approach you take to battle as opposed to the specific. That's a really neat uh, uh, like twist on yeah. the active time battle system. Seven. That's much harder. I I I played it back in the day. I had my problem was I was an RPG fan already. That's a game that introduced a lot of people to RPGs. And if you'd been playing a lot of RPGs before seven, I think it was much less compelling because most of the RPG stuff in seven isn't great. What was great? I mean, it was all for marketing just for the meetings. Yeah, the cinematics were amazing. No, no, the cinematics were beautiful. Oh, uh, yeah. They were uh, for the time. Now you yeah. look at them, they're like freaking, they look like oh, but they were demented dolls, the but they looked incredible yeah. then. And none of us noticed the inconsistent art styles back then or any of that. But I like that. I feel like that adds to its charm so much. Yeah, you really The inconsistent art styles of yeah. just like whether it's battle or world map or little images. Yeah, I feel like I that like adds that. to the creativity mm-hmm. of it. Like, I don't know. But Going back on it, it's harder for me now. But my, my problem with it was, was then and now that it's not a great RPG. It's a good RPG with a great cinematic. Good, not great take on it like mm, that that, it, mm. that it's extremely important it introduced a lot of people to the playstation introduced a lot of people to rpgs but i think that compare it to six or five that came before it compare it to dragon quest five compare it to suikoden compare it to ultima compared to any of its contemporaries and they're all much better rpgs that's the problem with seven and then finally Huh? No. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, the 13, it's not that bad. I'm not saying it's great. I'm just saying like everybody acted like it was the fucking worst thing. No, it's not the worst game. And it's not. Um, and then my final fan, final fantasy. Whoa. My final final, final fantasy, fantasy controversial topic. The Final Fantasy 10 laugh scene is unfairly taken <sighs> out of context. Everybody posted like, and they use it as an example of like bad voice acting. And they're just like, like, look at how fucking shitty this is. And it's like, that was the point of that scene. That would be like, taking a random bit out of this episode, just putting it up and being like, this is how these people act all the time. I mean, they wouldn't be wrong, though. (laughs) (laughs) There's no narrative going on here, but it's just like, that scene was about Titus and Yuna getting to know each other, him trying to get her out of her comfort zone, him trying to make her laugh by acting like an idiot. So him walking to that dock and laughing out loud, he was like trying to make her laugh. Like he was, it was a cute moment of character development between the two of them and people just act like it was bad voice acting and they're it crazy. Was, it was way better than when that wizard came from the moon. I mean, that's, that's Hey man, true. more destiny for you. Um, no, I'm not going to, I'm 
pull my list up. I think Tim thought I was you know going to say. He referenced it. Destiny. That was why. That was what the, give me your next one. Moment. Should I go like down the list still? I mean, or should Just I be skipping? Just give me one. <laughs> All right, I'm going to throw out a big one then. Press the button, Stay. Fran. Yeah, I'm going to throw out a big one. I might as well just start off the top. The top pick, Mortal Kombat, was one of the, if not the biggest game controversy. Now, again, you had to be there in 1993. Mm. but So you're not picking your personal. You're you picking like general like. I didn't know. We didn't get rules. Here's what I think. I he love just said, cast because there are no rules. There's take no rules. The thing, the, take the instructions sure. how you want. Yeah, wait. Oh, he, <laughs> Jared's creating controversy. Yeah, see, I'm like picked, you. I also picked controversy. No, I, that is yeah. controversy. I'm picking industry controversy. Yeah. Okay. I, love, I love where you're about cool. to go with okay. this. Go for it. Please dive so, in. Sorry, you're right. I, I might have misunderstood the list, but we talked no, about There's like no Fran's rules. I like Fran's idea way better. These are the <laughs> biggest safer. upsets and controversies, which defined as your, your, your own. Yeah. Anyway, Mortal Kombat was so huge because of the blood in the game, the violence. We had never seen it go public like that. It got into, uh, I believe, the Senate at the time. But there was mm-hmm. there were people recording tapes of the scenes and showing, can you believe this is in games? That's why the ESRB Howard, exists. Exactly. Howard Lincoln had a response. Can you think of Howard bigger, Lincoln, as, as, as I think Retronauts pointed out, threw the rest of the industry under the bus he, so in those hearings. We've got them crumbling to the integrity of the game at Nintendo saying, well, we're going to put in the green blood and take out some heads off the spikes and so he like, went further. He was like, "Those guys over there at Sega want to murder your children, and we was, don't." I mean, that was yeah, the, yeah. I mean, you think the whole blast <laughs> processing and stuff was a big thing? Like the, <laughs> they'll do it, Nintendo. Literally, it was this war of Get like who's cool, who's not. Nintendo was not at the time because of that. Um, I was a very devout um, Super Nintendo fan. I didn't have a Genesis for life, but. I went over to my friends and put in the ABCAB code, and which is what it was, A-B-B-A-C-A-B, I think. A-B-A-C-A-B-B. Dang. Uh, but it was ABCAB, right? <laughs> um, I should have asked Jared first. <laughs> but anyway, it was huge, and it did lead to a 1994 formation of um, the ESRB. But what's crazy is there were so many other games out there. that I, Like, come on, Wolfenstein was already well out, and so many things happened on PC, but Nintendo's prominence and... Um, it became in the media, but it, I mean, it made it into uh, government at the time was a discussion. Mortal so. Kombat, Night Trap. They brought the Justifier yes. in, the light gun, uh, oh, into the Senate that. and showed it off. You can watch that entire yeah. thing on C-SPAN. It's it, still on C-SPAN's website. Oh, nice. Yeah. It's funny to see that the discussion, of course, still exists today. Should kids be playing yeah. video games and uh, the violence and whatever, how you perceive stuff, you know, is Fortnite violent or not because it's a cartoon, but you're shooting people with real guns and... But that was such a huge moment in the industry. I love that. That's a that's and great. Yeah, so that like I said, one. there are no rules. We can do whatever we want. But I did text you, Fred, and say gaming, controversial gaming opinions, not controversial but, gaming But that, to moments. me, yeah, okay, I define <laughs> yeah. it. But it's fun. I enjoy it. I like it. I, I had 7-9 like on the that's list. That's what makes this fun. Yeah, you did it right. Okay. Andrea. Um, <laughs> all right, this one. I'm 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 gonna just gonna take a leap of faith. Let's on. go! I what love a this. Fun show. If finally <laughs> achieved, I think cross-platform play will be incredibly underwhelming. <laughs> Expound. That's great. So the reason I think this is because we have been so siloed in our ecosystems on console for decades now that by the time cross-platform play finally makes it, like true cross-platform between all of the platforms. I don't think people are going to use it as much as they think they do, and I think very few developers are actually going to implement it into their gameplay systems. Because balancing multiplayer is already a tough gig. And the idea of trying to balance multiplayer across multiple platforms with multiple inputs that with controller systems that don't work exactly the same way, and trying to make it equal, even, and fair is a 
ridiculously high ask. And I think the games that are going to try it, the one game that is doing it right now, Fortnite, there is not a single person that I know that's playing Fortnite actively that cross-plays on the regular. Now, I know that my experience is probably different from yours, but this is my opinion. And I just think by the time they actually implement this, it's not going to be this big eureka moment that gamers have been calling for for a long time. I think it's going to come and it's going to be celebrated and everyone's going to be like, yeah, finally, we can play with our friends on other platforms. And then it's just going to like slowly fade into the background and not very many people are actually going to use it. I, I think there's a lot of truth to what you're saying. I, I do think that people that are less interested in competitive gaming are more likely to engage in it. I think people with less money are more likely to engage in it because they'll be playing on older or lower cost hardware and just be happy to be part of the game. But I think that the, what you're saying is largely true for a different reason. I think that what's going to happen is it's going to just kind of slide in. It's not going to happen in one fell swoop. And by the time it happens, uh, we're already going to be invested in some kind of online ecosystem where we're all friends through something different than we are now anyway. And so it won't seem like as big a deal. The matchmaking, the way that we communicate with people in the online space, I think it's going to change tremendously. You think there's going to be one network to rule them all? Yeah. I think there will I be. My space is coming I think back. there We're will be. No. <laughs> I think there will opinion. be two or three major ways that we communicate with one another online that are different than the ones we use now. And I think that's all we'll use. I, I don't know where like what you're what reality you're basing that Twitter. thought in. I'm basing but. that on watching <laughs> on watching Microsoft go out and say we're building a, an infrastructure for a streaming future. You're talking Everybody's about you're talking that. about the, the Azure Cloud XCloud. Farm. Mm -hmm. No, you, well the XCloud online. Then what, it's called xCloud, is that right? Yeah, I mean, we think of that, we tend to think of things in terms of consoles. We think in terms of the hardware, service. right? But Microsoft's not thinking in terms of that. They're thinking in terms of how to engage every aspect of our social gaming and artificial intelligence oriented cybernetic life. And that includes our messaging. Uh, no, when I talk well, about cybernetics, I'm talking about systems. I could maybe go down a fantasy path where Google is that platform because they already have their fingers in be. damn near everything. And almost everybody we know has a Google account of some kind, right? Whether it be Gmail or YouTube or what have you. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but, Not all the time. But I, I, I don't think that there's ever going to be that because there's too many stakeholders right now that are making too much money off of their individual networks to want to make some kind of a parlay with the other side to take a smaller cut. Oh, I agree. I just think what I think it'll happen, but I think it's going to happen five to ten years from now, and th that's about the time I think that crossplay is actually going to happen. Yeah, because I think it'll take an event like that to really force it. Yeah, it's interesting because it's such wrong, a huge discussion. I agree with you that the discussion is much bigger than the actual maybe need, but I do think it's an absolute necessity, and it affects for me cross save more than anything. Cross progression. Yeah. Cross save it. Yeah, it's so annoying if I want to move to a different platform or play with someone mm -hmm. else. Um, less about I want to play on the same server with Xbox and PlayStation and Switch. And, but, I mean, certain games, huge. I mean, think of the, how big certain games get. You got to think of the small games. Is suddenly you take a small game that may not have enough people matchmaking, and now you get the power of Switch and, well, Google and xCloud all coming together maybe. I think it's important, but, yeah, it's not like it's prevalent that everything needs it, right? Mm. Jared. Man, I didn't segue one here from that discussion, actually. Very, thanks for setting this one hey, up. you're Andrew. welcome. By the way, I'd like you to know, Tim, that while I'm having a ball, mm -hmm. I'm so horribly uncomfortable with this. Controversy and hot takes are not really my thing. That's the guy have, with the hottest You're bringing the hot takes, dude. Yeah, you're making you the contents, and I love it. Let's but go. I, I, but I'm just like, I just want everyone to get along. I think my only <laughs> hot takes are that Banjo-Kazooie sucks, and... 
and DK Country Blows. And, okay, see, and, you know, see? That's... Banjo, I, I don't want to fight about it. I don't really care. Donkey Kong Country, two specifically. Tropical hey, Freeze wait, specifically. Wait, Tropical Freeze is pretty good. Both? They took the minecart level. You said they suck? What? <laughs> oh, yeah, I have strong <laughs> feelings clear, about this. <laughs> no, but two, two completely different game styles. By, by the way, way these yeah. are not my controversial but, opinions that I'm bringing up oh, for the show. Right, this one is. But uh, this one Dang I think it, is controversial, but I, I really have come to believe it. The game of the decade, I was listening to game, uh, game Scoop the other day, and they were talking about the Scoop? game of the decade. And that got me thinking about this. And I was, what's the game of the decade? The game of the decade, my friends, has already been made. I don't particularly enjoy playing it. And it's called Fortnite. Yeah, I thought we that is the game it. of the decade. Yeah, yeah we yeah. Have, we have some. Yeah. That is that is a very controversial opinion. I agree with you. Yeah, but I, I understand the controversy. We talked about those reasons very quickly. It's free. It's cross platform. It's, it's friendly to children, adults, families. It's team oriented. It's constantly changing. It's a phenomenon. Wonderfully mon monetized. It's a phenomenon, but it's mostly about bringing people That's together to play in ways that have literally never been possible Yeah, I mean, before. it's impacting pop culture. So yeah. I think it depends on, it's funny, every time we made these lists and when I make these lists, that's why I, I want like this set of very specific rules because depending on how you look at it, are you judging the impact of the game on other games or does that not matter? And so you could get into the details. There, I think but it's I in all of the above an, on this one. Well, yeah, but I think it's an easy thing to say that, yeah, Fortnite is the biggest game of the, or... What, what are we saying? The can most you important make, game can of the you make a shooter now that doesn't take Fortnite into account? I mean, if you're like yes. right now, if you're working on Destiny yes, Three, you are you not <laughs> terrified that somebody else is going to come? You know, you look at Division Two, oh, yeah. you look at Destiny Three, that somebody's just going to create exactly the same revenue model Fortnite did and pull it off. They will own that space if they do. Yeah, that's so hard. Yeah, but no, that's so hard. No, because it was lightning in a bottle to a certain extent because Fortnite had existed mm -hmm. before. You know, the Battle Royale mode was released, and yeah. it was because of the groundwork that PUBG laid that they were yes. able to be as successful that, as they were with Battle Royale. They the, the credit that Epic absolutely deserves is how quickly they pivoted mm -hmm. from their yes. PvE mode in Fortnite to a PvP structure. Now, I want to make it clear that I know that Epic had always had PvP modes in the can because they've been working on Fortnite for like seven years right. before it finally but not launched. This. It just vanished off the map for years there during development. Yeah, exactly because they were iterating and iterating and iterating, trying to figure out what is the most you know the game mode that makes the most amount of sense for the infrastructure that we've built. And I'm still a diehard you know Save the World fan. I don't really um, play it's much fun. Battle Royale, but I I think that you know. Fortnite was built on the back of a lot of other games that did a lot of other innovative things. Now, obviously, PUBG was not the first yeah. Battle Royale game. H we all know Z that, right? Like, there's plenty of others in the space. But yeah. what PUBG did to ignite an audience was really what paved the way for Fortnite to become the massive success that it is today. I agree. And I don't necessarily agree that it's the... I, I mean, I guess we would have to agree to terms of what the game of the generation Absolutely. has to... Like, what criteria it has to tick off in those mm -hmm. boxes... Um, because I think Fortnite is going to burst its bubble quicker than people realize. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that hits nail on the head. I just want to say that Fortnite absolutely dipped its cookies in PUBG's milk. <laughs> just want to get that out there. Uh, but amazing that they did it in such a short amount of time. I love I know, it. I got that song. Oh, Jackie Hollywood? Jackie yes. Hollywood. It's Jackie love Hollywood, it. baby. Um, where are we at? Any Anyone. Oh, I think it was me. I'm gonna Just go you me. should go. Yeah. Yeah. The Wii U had a better first party lineup than the Xbox One has. <laughs> I love you so much, and you're so right. It's a fact. 
Yeah, if I don't have to see that accountability, I agree. Pull it up. No, I'm not. Like, you yeah. name some of the games you're talking about. Because like Mario on, 3D World. Okay. New Super Mario Bros. U. Okay. Super Smash Bros. 4. Mario, Mario Kart 8. Mario Maker. It's a lot of Mario games, but they're all different games. Yeah. Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild. Yeah. I mean, hey. Okay. We're just. It's I don't on even, it. I don't even it's need on it. We could yeah. not count it. No, no, no. no. So I forgot so Breath of the Wild life, was on So Wii Lifespan of Wii U, you, you mm-hmm. including all that. Mm-hmm. Versus yeah. where Xbox. You're so, you're talking about first so, party, some big Xbox One exclusives: yeah. Halo, second. Master Chief first Collection, second, yes. Quantum Break, yeah. um, Ori in the Blind Forest, wait, wait, Sunset wait, Overdrive, Justin? Horizon, uh, Horizon, Forza Horizon uh, Four, Halo Five Guardians, Gears of War Four, so Cuphead, Forza Motorsport Seven, CFEs. Yeah. No, I think of those two. If I'm going to put them on a scale, Wii U wins. Wii I think U, it's so subjective as to the type of, of gameplay you like. Yeah. If you like platformers, opinion. the right. Nintendo's going to win every time because mm-hmm. that's what they do best. Mm-hmm. That's a good hot take. You know, and I and I think Xbox really kind of scratches the itch of gamers who like a more action-based experience. Mm-hmm. Like, a, you know, a lot of what Nintendo does is more puzzle explore, exploration-based. My 7.9 experiences. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. But even those, you're talking about Halo 5, Gears 4, is anybody going to argue that those were particularly standout Installments, and that's my no. I would argue that they weren't actually. They were two, you know, really unremarkable installments in in two otherwise really fantastic franchises. Yeah, and that's part of where I I feel like maybe people weren't getting fed as well as they'd like to on those. Force is hard to argue with, obviously, especially Horizon. Uh, Those games are incredible, and Wii U had nothing comparable to those, and I don't think we should undervalue Cuphead. I mean, I think is a good standout exclusive, and Ori honestly was amazing, tremendous. Um, it's every bit as good as anything Nintendo Oh, my goodness. oh yeah. Or he's I, I, it's a hard one. <laughs> Come at me. Gosh. No, I like that one. I, Friend. I, well, I now realize my list is all fudged up because cool. of I misunderstood. You want to throw one out? Throw one out here, Let's Fran. throw out more. We, we can have less discussion around them yeah. unless it's necessary. Right. But it's funny because now I was trying to realize like where I landed on some Because I listed, yeah, industry controversy stuff. Um so yeah, like what? I'll just start saying. I'll go again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let me think. The DualShock Four. Think of an opinion while yeah, he's I got a million in there. The DualShock Four, despite its obvious battery problems, is the best controller we've ever had. How dare you get out? Yeah, out of here. I feel here. like this is yeah. It's episode uh, just saying stupid nah. stuff. That's why I wasn't prepared. <laughs> the DualShock Four is a superb. It's amazing controller and one of my favorite favorites. But, but the wave it's not the, the WaveBird, So go away. <laughs> Jinx. Right. I literally said it right in Oh, the wave bird is the best. I want you to think about Rumble, baby. I want you to think about about this for just a second, Mr. Royal Rumble here. Okay. Mm -hmm. Think about how many game controllers there have been in the history of this medium. How Mm -hmm. many Dozens, and well over a hundred controllers in the history of this medium, and two out of four at this table just identified the same one. No, I understand that. Best. The GameCube controller is amazing. It feels so good. But when we're talking about modern games, we're talking about the control, like how games are played nowadays. I think that the DualShock Four, at least for the games that I play, it works best for. What I do you love play having, Smash with? I love having the the deep I, the pro controller now. No, okay. um, I love having the, but I, I play it with a fucking DualShock Four. I love the D pad on the. The touchpad yeah. is a really uh, fantastic addition because DualShock 3 was crap. I still think Xbox 360 controller is the best controller ever made. My biggest thing is I've never liked either or any of the Xbox controllers because I don't like the way that the buttons feel bubbly. Yeah, I like the flatness of the, the DualShock uh, face buttons. I think a lot, a lot of it comes down to stick placement too, right? If you like the side-by-side, if you yep. like the offset I like side-by-side. 
It's the beauty of, of elite controllers, right? You can and there's a there's a lot of good stuff here, and I, I think we're all making good arguments. But let's not forget like uh, the recency bias that's going on here as well. The kinds of games we play now require these kinds of controllers, so we think they're better. But there's an argument somebody could easily make that the Japanese Saturn controller is the all time best controller. It is no, only you could make that. Here's the thing, though. To argument. me, the DualShock Four. I, I want the DualShock 4 for any old game. I love it for, I would love to go back and play, like I wish I could use the DualShock 4 on the Nintendo Switch to play the NES online games. Oh wait, I can, with mm -hmm. the power of 8BitDo's little Bluetooth connector, and yeah. it's awesome. I love it's that. It's fantastic. I love that. Great controller. Battery, horrible. Yeah. Why can that thing not stay charged for more than 20 minutes? It needs, oh, it needs that touch pad, <laughs> man. so important. I, I, man, I love that so I, I honestly think it, the light bar has a lot to do it with does. it. It does. Because you're constantly emitting, and so yeah. it's, it's, like, and see, that's it's the just problem. another drain. On, on one hand, I'm like, we don't fucking need the light bar. Get rid of it. On the other hand, I'm like, my controller literally blow, glows blue. So keep it. Also, Astro never Bot. get rid of this. Astrobot. Well, and the <laughs> games that utilize the functions of the yeah. DualShock are really interesting. When you get um, audio coming out of the speaker on the DualShock, it's really cool. Yeah. Um, Tear away. I, I definitely think it's one of the most innovative controllers. The best controller? Disagree. What's your, what's your favorite controller? I said the Xbox 360 yeah, the controller. All time is my favorite. favorite is 360. Yeah. Even with a bad D pad? I mean, bad is relative. But no, no, it's not, not on the, on the Xbox 360. <laughs> The I guess I'm Xbox not much of a D-pad user. Yeah. Fine. The yeah. Xbox 360. No. I love everything about that controller, yeah. but that D-pad can go straight to hell. Uh, it's, but those Anyone else? Those triggers I mean, we, throw out? we oh, could I talk about the yeah. Rock Band Fender yeah. guitar being the best controller of all time. Oh. oh. Well. See, I've always, I always preferred the guitar Power controls <laughs> over the Rock Band controls controllers because I didn't like when they turned it into more of like a flippy thing. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. Yes. Mm. Like, I, I, didn't like I like that. the click of the strum bar yeah. on the Guitar Hero the guitar, guitar Hero well. Guitar Hero 3's wireless guitar was my favorite of any of the peripherals because mm. I feel like it it was the most precise for going for high scores and stuff. Whereas I True. feel like the rock band, that's when it turned a bit more casual mm. uh, on the guitar side at least. Yeah. If the SNES controller's triggers were just a little farther back, it'd be way up there. What? 8 bit though. 8-bit though, indeed. Mm. They changed the game, man. The the Wait. SN30 Pro controller is that? Yeah, right. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's perfect. Yeah. Give me one, Jared. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, I think my next one here is going to be, um, let's step out a little from the other. So let's go ahead and say it. Uh, games are not expensive enough and not for the reasons you think. Games don't cost enough and not for the reasons you think. That's an opinion I hold. We talked a lot about games... Have been, have been locked at 60, 50, 60 dollar range for ages and ages and ages. And there's a lot to be said about the rise of DLC and how that's supplementing company income at all, et cetera. And I've come down before on the fact that I think games ought to be more expensive on that end, but that's not all what I'm arguing for here. What I'm arguing is the other side of the market, that the low end of the games market is far too low. That we set our expectations for what smaller development studios or independent developers have to charge for a game for it to get made. And in particular, so they don't have to mortgage their house and then lose their entire lives mm -hmm. in that process. So while I don't necessarily advocate now for games going over $60, I absolutely believe that we should be looking at a lot of small studio games and going, we should be paying $20 to $30 more for these than we are already. $10 for that studio, they need that money far more to get that project done. They're taking a much greater financial risk than the mega corporation that's funding the AAA game who can write the whole thing off at the end. Therefore, 
This person ought to be charging $30 or $40 for their little 2D platformer, not $5 or $10. And in the mobile space, it gets even worse. I see you yeah. nodding over there, Andrew. Yeah, well, it's such a, it's a very conflicting um, opinion. I agree with you as somebody who knows a lot of people who work on the development side of video games. I'm often the corporate apologist on Kind of Funny uh, <laughs> because I side with developers, the people who actually make these games and who risk their lives to make games. And so I, I see that value and I absolutely agree that in no way are we should we be paying two ninety nine for a video game. Like, why is a video game cheaper than a latte at Starbucks? Yeah, right. You know, like the idea that we're in this crazy inflated price in the year twenty nineteen, and that you can get a, like a two to three hour gaming experience with custom art and music and programming for cheaper than you would buy, you know, a, a hamburger at a fast food restaurant. Yeah, you know, that that is kind of, the the dissonance there is real. On the other hand. I also understand that we are also at a, a really tumultuous economic time in the history of not only the United States, but a lot of other countries around yeah. the world where the dollar is stretching far more than it ever has had to in the last 30 years, right? We're at a really tough time where people are having to make really tough choices. Yes. And so the idea that an already expensive hobby should get more expensive is a tough pill to swallow. And it's hard because I just sat here not that long ago, you know, championing for microtransactions. And it's that's why I say that it's such a conflicting statement that you made because I agree that games should be more. We should be willing to pay more for pieces of art or or, or the amazing like interactive storytelling medium that video games are. But at the same time, it's like... I only have so many dollars in my pocket. I, I'm you with know? you there. We're charged. This is such a hard thing to talk about, to look at people and go, spend more money. Because you're right. We are stretched right now. And people keep talking about how, well, inflation has affected things. But the fact is, we don't have a lot of purchasing power as individuals right now. We, we just don't compared to our history. We have less disposable income proportional to our income. The generations before us have had in many cases. That is true. Even though dollars are individually worth a different amount, we still have that formula playing out. But that said, right now we have a system where people risk their lives to make games for us, literally risk their financial futures, risk bankruptcy to make us a game. We celebrate stories like Cuphead, or we look at people like Toby Fox going out there, or, or look at something like Stardew Valley, and like, yeah, all they had to do was risk everything for five to seven years to make this happen. Sure, and it worked for them, but what about the thousand men and women it didn't work for that year, who are in bankruptcy court and living in their parents' basements now? But, and that's the part, there's a, we need to be looking, I feel, at the Hollywood model and even to a degree the more dysfunctional Hollywood independent film model, which has its own issues, mm -hmm. and at least looking for ways that people are pricing their products, what it actually costs so like you're to referring make to the like thing. a standardized ticket price. I think so like so. if I go into a movie theater, all of those movies, if I'm going at the same time of day, cost the same. Like I'm buying a ticket for a matinee, let's say, like every movie in there, regardless yeah. of if it's Good or not is going to cost the same. Or right, indie or right. Huge. right now we're used to an iPhone game being free and a Steam game being ten bucks, and I'm saying we probably ought to get ready for a world where an iPhone game is ten bucks and a Steam game is thirty bucks, and that that's probably what it would take to make this a sustainable business for those people that doesn't largely exploit their hopes and dreams. I, I think about this a lot. In 1989, Jordan Mechner was, was working born. for... Oh, Bro yeah. yeah. <laughs> Solid Jordan Brett Persia, Mechner is baby. working for, for Broderbund, and he's, uh, he's designing Prince of Persia, the original. 
he designed that game almost entirely on his own, uh, built on an Apple II. Uh, game comes out. He's got a marketing department at Broderbund. He's got, you know, there's publicity people. And then the game is ported over to other platforms by their staff members. But largely, he builds that game on his own. I was looking at a 1991 catalog, two years after its Apple II release. The DOS port of Prince of Persia is selling at Radio Shack for $39.99 in 1991. That's a game that one guy developed and one or two other guys probably ported with a little marketing support. And that's what they were charging then. We look at a $30 game on Steam and say, no way. One of the reasons I like Monster Boy is they had the balls to ask for 40 bucks uh, and and because it was worth it. We are running out yeah. of time for this Yeah, show. I was going to say, it's never going to happen, unfortunately, because it's like you're just peddling goods and like, I mean, how would you, you could never standardize it. You keep looking but for I, solutions. But I agree I'm just with you. I know. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, not, yeah. I'm not. I'm just, just posing, obviously. No, They're sure. like, well, that's kind of important. But like some people do go out and sell it for 30 bucks and it fails. And then later they sell it for less. Yeah. Um, and then people do buy it. Do you remember um, people's complaints when The Witness was 60 bucks? Yes, uh, I do. People don't complain about anything. I, yeah. I <laughs> differ in, a, in opinion from you from this, where it's like, I really feel like it's like not everyone is owed the right to make games uh, and to make it, art even. So mm -hmm. it's this, like, I agree. come like, up with a system the, that you're going to be easy, able to fund your thing. Would do it. Exactly. It's, I, there is I, no magic system yeah. for well, that, Tim. It but, doesn't no, exist. Totally. Well, but I will say it's in development in a sense of subscription model is coming, streaming ah. is coming, and when you have something like Netflix, there's a reason why somebody can make an indie for $500,000 and somebody makes it for 20 million, and all you pay is five bucks a month. And, and when you come from and the, these subscription things, these things are super key with and Xbox Game Pass happening. dollars in debt, but that's okay. Uh, uh, but but the, the thing that's great about the subscription services, and I, I don't think a lot of people know this, Chunk on YouTube, for example, you make no fucking money on YouTube ads. No. Like the demonetization, all this, it's like, it's dire, it's bad, whatever. And like, everyone's always talking about it because it's a real fucking thing. YouTube Red or now YouTube Premium, mm -hmm. there is so much more money there. For people, for you guys that pay for YouTube Premium and watch our content, we make five to 10 times as much money from those mm -hmm. views because your money's going to YouTube and we get a percentage of it than these YouTube ads. And like that, I feel like we're moving towards a future where that's yeah, gonna be true for that's, games as yeah, well. Yeah, we I joke earlier about there being no solution, but that's why I'm excited. Maybe more than anything else, the streaming future has the opportunity to bring more games to more people for less money and more money in the pockets mm -hmm. of developers less money to consumers yeah. more than anything else. Yeah, I mean, it's the world where you just subscribe to PlayStation or you subscribe to Nintendo. Rising tide lifts that. all boats. Hell yeah, baby. All right, before we end this show, I just want to say three really quick things. Warrior Within is as good as Sands of Time. Crash Team Racing is better than any other kart racer besides maybe Mario Kart 8. And Twilight Princess is better than Wind Waker. Oh, um, oh right, man. We will see. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Right. Let's go, baby. It's time for the post show. Uh, we're going to do a real quick one here because we got a lot going on here. Kind of funny. I love you very much. Thank you all for supporting us. Andrea, thank yes. you very much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Uh, where should people stay tuned to to see that Red Dead Redemption 2 spoiler cast? Um, it, well, you can get it on podcast services, uh, What's Good Games. You can get it at YouTube.com slash What's Good Games. If you want to support what we do, Patreon.com. Slash what's good games. Yeah, it's going to be publishing this Friday morning. Until next time, have a controversial day. <laughs> oh, man.